Welcome to Sports and More with HTC. Tonight we have RP3 and T-Bag. Uh, we might have Hilly and Perk joining us a little bit later, uh, but to start us off, it's going to be RP3 and T-Bag. Uh, we've got our three-point rundown for this evening. Our point number one, we're going to talk about uh, the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather fight uh, that is going to be happening. Uh, point number two, we're going to talk about the NBA draft and any of the shenanigans going on with that leading up to it. And point number three, we are going to talk about the NCAA banning one of their college football players from using their YouTube channel. So let's dive right into point number one, RP3, Connor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. What what What's your thoughts? Uh, well, um, thoughts on this <laughs> Connor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather uh, fight here. It's kind of deja vu here. Um, <laughs> but uh <laughs> but no uh it it seems like a money grab, you know, the last hurrah for boxing right now and the boxing the conglomerate of boxing and the, you know how they believe they're a, a fine art fights the UFC with just that rough and tumble type of you know, bar fight mentality. Um which has come a long, long, a long way from the bar fight mentality back with Chuck Liddell and stuff. Um but you know it's it's you know it's been it's been a fight brewing between the two sports for a long time, and we're trying and they're trying to get it going, but I don't think this is the right way because Connor's got to go into a whole new thing, and you're talking the fight's supposed to be august twenty sixth like yeah, he might have been training for it, but we never really knew it was going to come, and now you're saying it's going to come in two months and a week. You right. Know, uh, right. You know, you're going to say he's going to be ready to fight a guy that's been doing this for over two decades and, and doing it at an elite level for over two decades. I mean, Floyd Mayweather can wake up tomorrow after not training for a month and walk into that ring and be better skilled at the art of boxing than Conor McGregor ever will be. Right. Um, <clears throat> And that's, you know, it's a win for Connor because of money. He's going to make exactly. He's going to make ten times the money he ever made in UFC or ever would make completely over the whole t- career in UFC. In this one fight, which I don't see going past six rounds, um, but that's just me. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you know. They're, and they're Floyd, both, Floyd, they're, Floyd's getting his, bas- his last little cash cow because there's no good fighters to fight anymore because he's afraid of any of the good ones that are up and coming because of knocking that undefeated record that he's going to retire with, hopefully. Right. Or he hopes. And uh, he doesn't want to lose that. And he's already cleared out. He's already fought the big, big guys, you know, and, you know, whether there was a little shroud of um, controversy in a few of them or not, uh, he won. Uh, right, and, and he, I mean, he steps in the ring and he makes two, three hundred million dollars stepping in the ring. Yeah, just just showing up and <clears throat> to be honest with you, they're they're both really good promoters of their own fight. Um, yes, they so are. I think I think that's why the boxing, you know, the boxing world wants to grab onto this UFC. UFC is, has completely, you know, lapped. The boxing industry, in my opinion, with oh, yeah. the, um, the the amount of fans they have, 
the even the revenue that they bring in. Um, I, I don't you know. know. I, I still think I still think boxing brings in more revenue. I think really? it really does. Cause I really do. Cause there's it still that, there's still to me that like UFC, it seems to me like UFC does a pay-per-view every month. You know? Yeah, but and, I don't think, but you know, the, you know, the UFC might be making a lot of money, but the fighters don't. And oh, no, no, no. Yeah, reason. I'm definitely, I'm talking about the UFC, like, like yeah, Dana the UFC, White. You know, yeah, like, Dana, Dana White and the two brothers that own it, well, that did own it with him, they sold it last year. Right. So. The, um, that's who I'm talking about, like the the UFC, yeah. not the fighters. Yeah, no. But I, I, I agree with know, I mean, you on that. Because if, if a fighter like Floyd Mayweather can walk into a ring and you know twice a year and make two to three hundred million each time he steps into that ring, well, you know the promotion's making money. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. you and you know the MGM Grand or wherever he's fighting is going to make money. You know. But like we I talked mean, about, it, when was the last? fight that that has been hyped up this much and it was pacquiao mayweather and that's been how many years ago oh that's why i that's why i think that's why i'm going out on a limb and saying ufc is kind of lapping the boxing industry because when has boxing when's the last hyped up event for boxing that they've had this is it and we've been talking about this shit for a couple of years now well i mean i mean you look at look back at it, you know. As like I said a little while ago, I think I think this stuff talking before we ever got on. But uh, I said, for lack of better words, you know, Floyd May- Mayweather is a, is a fucking asshole, and uh, right. like in all a- in all aspects of life, you know, I don't think there's a you know a cool bone in his body. Like you'd be like, hey man, I want to hang out with that guy. I don't think anybody <laughs> would want to hang out with him. I don't think anybody really Bieber. wants to like, you know. <laughs> They want to hang out with him just so they say they hung out with Floyd Mayweather because he's going to right. he's going to he's going to drop a hundred thousand dollars every night to just party with him. Right. But um. But, but the one thing he has, and it's just because boxing took such a downhill slide in America, um, and he's he's our last hurrah, American. There's no young American boxers coming up. With the credibility or anything like that, you got all the you got all the Central Americans and all you know the Islander guys and the Russians and the Germans and all these guys, but you don't have we, we don't have an American anymore. I mean, it wasn't. What do you think that's credited to? What do you think that's credited to? The just the I don't really know how. Like, I, I think, think it's kind of like anything that, to do with like, seeing how the old boxers aged so poorly. I mean, look at just, look at look at the greats. I mean, the only one I can that you can kind of think that isn't like shaking Parkinson's or you know some yeah. type of like maybe you know, George Foreman, yeah. maybe Evander Holyfield. You know, well, you had Roy. Like the mid '90s had a lot of had a lot of Americans in the '90s. You know, you had Roy Jones Jr., who was pound for pound the best fighter ever. Almost, they want to say the late the eighties and the early nineties, and then it kind of just went away. I don't know if it's kind of the same thing with baseball, where it's just the lack of ability to get trained and play is not there, you know. And when we want to credit this stuff, and I I don't like to do it like this, but your greatest athletes come from very poor areas, whether it's white, Mexican, black, or Hispanic 
black, whatever. It's coming from your poor areas because they're fighting to get out. You know, right. they're channeling their aggression on everything on how to get out, whether it's football, basketball. You know, it used to be baseball because you had a sandlot. You know, let's go to the sandlot and play. Well, you don't right. have that anymore. So, you know, and boxing, like, I've actually kind of looked into it for my boys just to get their, you know, their core strength up, you know, and some hand speed up, you know, and just for fun, you know, conditioning-wise, man. And it's hard to find a boxing gym here that actually teaches with a, yeah. with, with, with a legit boxer instead of some dude that just decided he wanted to be a boxing coach. But I bet you, you could know? find some MMA, you know, trainers to, yeah. to get them to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got MMA training. I got there's a, a Lewis uh, Piranis or whatever I don't know how to spell his name. Uh, he's like a sixth degree black belt in jujitsu. Teaches everybody. He's considered one of the best jujitsu teachers in the world. He's here, you know. You got your great. Right. You got your Grace. Your your Barra Gracie uh, or Gracie Barra. Um, MMA places, jiu-jitsu all over the place and everywhere you go. Um, you know, and where I live out in Hawaii now, a block and a half from my house, I have BJ Penn UFC gym. You know, and you can go in there and you got some scrubs that teach you MMA, they teach you jiu-jitsu and they, and they flood it because those guys only know, really know jiu-jitsu, but they're doing, they're teaching Muay Thai and they're teaching this and they're teaching that. And, um, and, you know, and the UFC is big in the, in the Hawaiian Islands private area. It's huge over there because of BJ Penn. Right. <clears throat> and now you got that, uh, uh, what, Max Holloway or whatever, just one a week or so ago. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he just beat Aldo, I think. Jose Aldo. And, uh, called out Conor McGregor. But, uh, but it's, I mean, it's just, the UFC's got a big following now, and it's coming up because I think the UFC looks more like something when you watch it. It's like, I could do that. You know, but you don't, when you watch boxing, you're like, there's no way I can do that. Right. You know, like, that's, that's three minutes, 12, it's 12 rounds, three minutes each round, and these guys are moving and they're on their toes just bouncing the whole time, back and forth, back and forth, you know, and just getting beat the crap out of. And, uh, Sometimes the UFC kind of, I think, hides it because, you know, everybody gets upset when they're, oh, they're just laying on the mat humping each other. It looks, what it looks like. <laughs> well, actually, it's very, it's very technical what they're doing down there. If you've ever wrestled in your life, you know, or done, There's a lot you know, of weight UFC. shifting and, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it looks like they're laying there, but they're, you know, they're protecting their appendages, their arms and their legs to, and their, you know, head from getting destroyed. But... Yeah. In the, uh, in the amateur fan, you know, the, the day-to-day fair-weather fan type atmosphere, it looks more like you could do it. Like, I'm in good shape. I could do that. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you really know, like, you can't, you know? I mean, I, I go to the bars here and it seems like half the people in the bars are like, oh, I do. Oh, I'm, I'm in the MMA. And I'm like, you are? <laughs> All right. Cool. You know, like, Whatever, but uh, and I have a I have a little brother that he I mean he's he's big into jujitsu, and uh, he right. got his uh he got his purple belt I want to say handed to him by by Hoist Grace, you know, and uh, that was a pretty big deal. 
I mean, but uh, and he did some he did some little UFC stuff on the side, you know, in North Carolina and won a few. Uh, you know, won a few. I think he was a lightweight. You know, he's like a hundred. I mean, he weighs a little yeah. bit more, but he, he cut down to like 130 pounds or 125 somewhere on there. You know, and he didn't really. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, you could tell he was a jitsu guy because when he stood up, he got he got hit pretty good. But when he got him on the ground, it was pretty much over. I mean, but that was the amateur scene, right? But and then you got you every know, military guy, marine wise, that thinks they're a UFC fighter. <laughs> it seems like, uh, like you said, every bar. I think it's that liquid courage. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, kind of like what you were saying back to, uh, boxing a little bit. Yeah. You know, you were talking, you were talking about, <laughs> oh no, you're, <laughs> you were talking about how, uh, there's not really a whole lot of, um, up and coming American boxers. And mm-hmm. from, you know, just kind of what little I've seen of the boxing. And the boxing world, it seems to me, like you said, you know, some Russian, some maybe a, but it's very heavily, like, Asian, Japanese. Yeah, and Hispanic. And, yeah, and Hispanic. And, you know, I, I don't know what, what that, what that is accredited to, but kind of like what you're saying that, you know, most of your, your 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 big athletes are coming out of you know kind of like the project or or these third world countries and you know one thing that I think of is technology technologically and like just fashion and entertainment wise some of those smaller countries are so far behind us that maybe that you know they're kind of in that era that we were in in the you know the early eighties and nineties. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, if you if you think back to America in the eighties and nineties, and boxing was the sport. Like everybody liked football, everybody liked basketball, but boxing—that right. was things that neighborhoods came around. You know, it's like I'm getting the fight. You know, because you could get it. You know, on pay per view back then on cable, and you spent an ungodly amount of money. And it was like, I remember my senior year of high school, or junior year of high school, or somewhere around there. I was in high school. I know that I could drive. I was over 16. But uh, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, when he when he bit the guy's ear off, when he bit Holyfield's oh, ear. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. I remember that fight. And it seemed like my entire high school was at this person's house. You know, it was like a thing to get together and watch. It was almost like a Super Bowl, like every two or three months. Right. You know, and everybody knew what was going on. And you, I mean, you could sit and just name names of just average boxers back then. But now we look at them, we're like, man, they were pretty good. You know, they just came across some, you know, competition, but it's a much better, so much the elite boxers. Yeah, but you know, you know, marvelous Marvin Hagler. You know, like he was really good. But you remember the last couple fights of his career, and you're like, ah, oh, he wasn't that good. But then when you step back and actually look it over, you're like, he was pretty damn good. Yeah. And, and, you know. And I think it, it has a lot to do with, you know, concussion. You know, like how much mm-hmm. attention's brought to concussions. And like oh, I was yeah. saying, you know, with – because 
I mean, boxing, you don't have headgear on. You, you're they not... do, they do, they do all the way up until pros. They wear, they wear headgear. Right. They're, and they but wear I mean, headgear. You know, and, like, and, like what we're used to watching. Yeah. You know. But they do all the way up to their golden glove, all the way through golden glove. Until you turn pro, you have to wear a headgear. And it's a, it's a, it's just like a boxing glove, like fit around your head. Yeah. You know, so just like your face is showing, it's like a little chin strap. So, I mean, your knockout button right there on the chin still available, but uh, it's not as big. But, um, but yeah, but, I, but do, I, I do think that is mama's, mama's looking at it going, no, 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 you're not going to, you're not boxing. <laughs> right. You know, just the way mama's now, you know, I could, you know, I'm coaching, I, you know, I coach soccer, you know, and stuff like that. And I have friends who coach football and stuff like that. And they're like, man, it's hard to get a lot of these kids because their mamas are like, no, it's football because of the concussions. Especially at the younger ages. You know, you see a lot more kids playing flag football up until almost high school. You know, they're right. like, instead, of, instead of tackle football, just to kind of keep that re- repetitive head in your own. And football is just a, a, a flute blow almost, almost every time. You know what I'm saying? Where boxing is, you're getting hit in the head. And if you're not good at bo- blocking, you're getting destroyed and your, you know, your brain's getting destroyed. True. And with yeah, but, <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, and you know, yeah, like but, you, like we kind of talked about the people that that would even be interested in going into boxing. Like you said that you would be interested in putting your kids in boxing for the you know kind of the footwork and yeah, the, keeping keeping them in shape kind of thing, but. But, I mean, still, that I was still a huge talk I was having with my wife that was still she was like no. But I mean, <laughs> other than other than than that angle, I don't see very many kids coming up and saying, you know, yeah, I want to go, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, yeah, I, I want to go into the ring and, and fight for you know for for a career. And I yeah. do, I, I think that that is because. It's like the the popularity of it has dropped off so much, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I mean, you see the same this, thing. In, you see what? the same thing in baseball. You see the same thing in right. baseball. Like, like look at us right now. Like, if, like every time we bring up baseball, we're like, oh man, there's there you know there's a hundred games left, and we'll start following it. Right. You know? And and but back in if you take us. 20 years ago, people are same age 20 years ago, baseball was what they talked about all day, every day. True. And basketball and football, they were like, yeah, it's a sport. You know, we'll follow it. You know, but it's not like it is now. And it, I, I must, it probably does, there, even when I sit here and think about it as I'm talking, you know, just the marketing machine of the NFL, you know, to bring it to where it is, you know, when we talk about the NFL, well, well, I mean, not on the show, but in person uh, yeah, and everything at least else. In our groups, yeah. You know, like the, every, everybody water cooler at work or whatever, you know, your normal everyday right. stuff. You talk about, hey, man, did you see Jeremy Macklin got signed today? Hey, man, did you see <laughs> James Peters got re-signed? Hey, and you know what's funny about the NFL? Is it's one of the shortest seasons. But you talk you know, about it all, almost every exactly. day, all year round. Do you think so you don't that talk has about anything boxing? to do with it? 
<laughs> no. Oh yeah. No. I, I mean, look, we're we're on we're on point number one, and it's a boxing match, one of the biggest promotional matches coming up. And we can't in, even we can't, the, can't even stay on topic. <laughs> and now we're talking about football. So yeah, I, it's very. But you know, I do have a little bit of information about uh, uh, an American boxer, and you may have heard of this guy, uh, Gary Russell Jr. You ever heard of him? <laughs> No, I haven't. All right. So he, he's been in 29 bouts, and he's got a 59% KO percentage, which is pretty damn impressive. Uh, he's a featherweight southpaw. He's 5'4 and a half with a 64-inch reach. Like, who uh, wants to he, watch that? Right. I mean, this, this is a little bitty guy. Yeah. And, it's like, it's like, you know, like, my my fourteen year old son is bigger than him, right? And, and you know he's twenty eight <laughs> and one, and this is the most relevant American boxer I could find. Looking yeah. looking into I mean, it's just outside of Floyd know. Mayweather. Yeah, you know because Bernard Hopkins is like eighty five years old now. I, yeah, and, and this, like, this kid but, this kid that I'm talking about is twenty nine, so he's almost mm-hmm. out of his prime. I mean, because we're talking about Floyd Mayweather, who's retired, and they've talked him out of retirement how many times now? And he'll be 41 yeah. when he goes and fights yeah. Conor McGregor. And this dude who the the next relevant American boxer I could find is almost 30, will be 30. Actually, he just turned 30. And unless you're a diehard boxing fan, you haven't heard of him. Exactly. <clears throat> you know, so, where, where back, when, back when I was in high school, I mean, you heard about the big fights coming up. You knew about yeah. Roy Jones Jr. I mean, he was just – because Roy Jones, he just did things in the ring. Roy Jones is probably my favorite fighter ever. You know, I never really was able to wrap my head around, um, you know, uh, what is his name, Sugar Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, and that, because they were a little too early in my life. You know, right. and they were on their the end of their career. Mike Tyson – you know, I love some Mike Tyson, but I just can't get past the, hey, boys. You know, like, <laughs> um, and, but, and Holyfield, I never thought it was a credible, you know, and Buster Douglas. Now, I never really thought they were, like, eh, you know, credible heavyweight champs, you know. Like, they never really, you didn't beat the Mike Tyson I saw. You beat the Mike Tyson that went to jail for six years or whatever, came back out, and he was never was the same thing. But um, but nobody really even cares about the Klitschko's winning over and over again. So like that, the last, I watched a lot of boxing there, you know, the early 2000s. Um, probably one of my favorite fights, and I can't even remember the other guy. It was Aturo Gotti and somebody else I was sitting there watching. And, uh, I mean, they just, they went like 12 rounds just beating the crap out of each other. Like, basically standing their arms down. They were so tired at the end, their arms were down, and they were just throwing haymakers at each other and hitting each other because they couldn't move. <laughs> they were so tired and worn out. And that was an awesome fight. Yeah. But I don't watch anymore. And I even have HBO and Showtime, and I don't watch. You know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't know the guy. Who cares? <laughs> You know, and uh, you go to the sports bars, unless it's the unless it's the the you know like Floyd Mayweather or or something. 
the fight's not getting shown at the sports bars. But UFC, that's shown almost every day. You, you know, you got something on the mm-hmm. UFC on Fox Sports going a replay of the last week or <clears throat> the Thursday night thing or, you know, the Saturday, the free Saturday nights or the free Thursday night things. Well, well, they're already on like what UFC like 180 or something. Well, and that's what's kind of <laughs> that's what kind of pulled me away from UFC because when I first started watching UFC, I was big into it. I loved it, and uh, you know, and that's what kind of took the place of boxing. But it was like every every two to three months was the big card, you know, and, you know, like it had you know the good stuff going on it. Well, now they flood it so much, I don't even care to rent it and watch it, you know, because we would have big big parties for them. Now it's like, man, I'm spending fifty nine dollars on a Saturday, fifty nine ninety nine every other Saturday, every other Saturday damn there. Before it was like I'd spend it once a month, maybe you know once every other month or something like that. And and it's flooding it, and I've, and actually the UFC has lost a lot of money on that because there's just so many of them. Right. I mean they're making money on it on the diehard fans, but they're losing the. The fans. The casual. Yeah. The casual. Like, I like it. I follow it. It's really cool. But, uh, but I have other shit to do. You know, like, I, you know, and, you're just, there's just too much. And if you and make it a kinda, big spectacle, it almost makes it hard for the, like, boxing tries to keep it to where it's a big spectacle. So there's a lot of yeah. build up, a lot of promotion, a lot of that. And then, and, and then boom, you know, we make kinda, a lot. Kind of talking about that. If you if you recall, like HBO was like the big boxing, like mm-hmm. one of the Friday nights, HBO had mm-hmm. had the boxing. Now, when's what's the last HBO show that ha- was put out that you were like, man, I got to get an HBO subscription because of that show? Um, you know, what I mean H. HBO to me. There's two shows. There's two shows I got a prescription. I got a, the only reason I got HBO are two shows. Game of Thrones and Ballers. See, and I don't watch you. I've never heard of either one of those. Alright, so. So. I will, I've Ballers. Game of Thrones. Ballers right. is, uh. We're getting back on the NFL subject, but, um, Ballers <laughs> is, um, The Rock is, is a uh, retired um, football player, you know, because of injuries and stuff like that. Right. And he had nothing. He had nothing to nothing to do when he got out, and started this sports marketing thing. Is that well, this one guy wanted was like, hey man, with you, we can clean up this sports marketing thing, you know, and basically be agents for these guys, you know, and help them with their money because The Rock. I can't remember the name his name in the show. He's, he's down out. He had no money. He, he was broke and out of the NFL. And he was and he was a star. And and, uh, and so his whole thing is in the in the show is he wants to help these guys out, and so they don't come out of the um, NFL the way he did, because there, there's so many people going and trying to you know the agents aren't really that great for them, you know. They're, and the people coming around going, hey man, if you invest a hundred thousand dollars with me it's going to be two million in a year and then they just lose a hundred thousand and i mean that's a big case too and that's a big thing that really happens in the nfl because i know mark brunel you know everybody knows who mark brunel is if you're an nfl fan right. i'm sure that dude retired broke because of 
some money things he got into, which sounded really good. They ended up broke because of them. But, uh, and that's what, and that's what the show is about. And it has a lot of other, you know, so, and it has a lot of like real stars in the NFL that come on it all the time. Like, um, Victor Cruz is on it. Terrell Suggs is on it every now and then. Um, you know, it's got a bunch of them come on, you know, and it has, it kind of surrounds the life of like four or five NFL players that are fake. You know, and then, yeah. you know, like, like one that's kind of in it and out of it, you know, he's kind of like wanting to retire, but they kind of still want him, but he's not going to be able to play his position, you know, this and that. He's like, I'm not doing that, you know, and all that other stuff. You know, it's kind of got that guy in it, you know. It's a, it's a good show. <clears throat> it's a half hour show. And I hate to promote so- HBO. They make enough money, but, um, <laughs> So okay, and and I, everybody's heard of Game of Thrones. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I like I said, I don't follow that show. But so you you got a subscription to HBO for two shows. You know, back mm-hmm. in the day, HBO was, you know, maybe what an extra five or ten bucks on your cable package. Well, now you know you're paying. Some people are paying eighty to a hundred bucks for their cable packages. After you get all the sports add-ons, after you get all the the movie stuff add-ons. Oh, yeah. That's why I got rid of The point being, right, point being, unless you are, you know, a diehard boxing fan or you stumble across it because you have the subscription for those two shows that you watch, you know, you're not getting some of the best fights. Yeah. Because, you know, they're they're not showing the, the good fights on... Fox Sports, or on or uh, on ESPN Fight Night, right, right. So, th- I think that might have killed something like that. Might have killed the you know like that's where yeah. like the price of cable and everything could have killed helped kill the sport. Yeah. And um, and that's and, you know I'm, yeah. Go ahead. You know and, and kind of going back to talk about McGregor and uh, Mayweather. We all know Mayweather is going to win this fight. Yeah. If you're going to bet this fight, you want to bet how many rounds will it go? The only, the only, gotta, the only way Mayweather, yeah, the only way Mayweather does not win this fight is if he has a heart attack because it's too easy. Right. <laughs> or, or if or if McGregor or because he's too old. Now, yeah. In in, McGre- in in boxing defense, I've seen some underdogs. All it takes is one good little haymaker. Mm-hmm. To knock a dude square. So, but those know, haymakers it, aren't coming against a guy who's what is forty nine. One of 0? the best deep, right? And one of the best defensive boxers out there. Yeah, I mean, you're not going. You're, if you're going to get that, you're that's a once in a lifetime shot. You know, if you get a haymaker, yeah, on he's him. he's got to sneeze twice in a row, and you got to capitalize. Yeah. You know, it's going to take something flukish, but but at the same time. Like we know that Mayweather's going to win this fight, but yet we're still talking about it, and we'll probably still, if not order it, at least go to a sports bar that night and watch it. I will definitely. You, well, August twenty sixth. I'm hoping I will definitely be on at a sports bar watching it. Um, yeah. But because uh, that's a long way away, and I have no clue what I'm going to be doing or when I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> um, 
Well, the the only reason I know that I'm going to be at a sports bar watching it is because I have something playing that night to be at the sports bar anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, but no, I so my pick is is Conor McGregor or not Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor losing. <laughs> Conor McGregor saying it's good. Conor McGregor losing in the first six rounds somewhere. I don't see it going twelve because I mean that's. And I'm not, I'm not trying to discount the UFC, but I just think 12 rounds of three minute rounds in boxing is a lot cardiovascular wise. And I know Connor's good at five rounds of two minutes in a ring. Right. You know, at UFC, but I just think it's a different animal. You know, you don't have the cage to lean on. You've got ropes and you can fall through them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I agree with that, but let's think about Mayweather's style. There's going to be a lot of dancing. There's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a defensive fight. Oh, I, well, I know, you know, you almost know Mayweather's tactic in it is because Mayweather's almost, he's turned into a counterpuncher anyways. Well, so, that's what he did against Pacquiao. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the way he's been about the last 10 years or so. When he came out, he wasn't, you know, and he's kind of changed into that counterpuncher thing, you know. And chase me around the ring guy, you know, like, he's quick. He's fast and he can just, he can, he can bounce, 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 bounce. You chase him across the ring and then he's like, stick out of the corner and go to the other corner, you know? Yeah. Well, see, he's fast and he's smart. And, you know, like you said, the past 10 years, that's been his style and it's worked. Yeah. So that's what kind of fight we're going to see. And, no, and Pacquiao, 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 yeah, Pacquiao is a ten times better boxer than Conor McGregor ever thought could ever can ever even try to accomplish. Just right. because, you know, I mean, the years of dedication and training that Pacquiao put in, Conor McGregor is already in his you know late twenties. He's ne- you know he'll never get to that, and he's and, you know and, and Pacquiao had a hard time. So, yeah. I mean, even though it was so, you know, basically one arm, they say, but. So, with me saying that, that it's going to be a defensive fight, and the fact that I do think that McGregor has been training a little bit for this. Now, I don't, I see him maybe winning a couple, maybe two rounds. But, <laughs> I'd say the but first I, two. If he's going to win I any think, rounds, it'll be the first two. But I think it's going to go to 10. It'll be Mayweather in 10. Um, because I and, think, because with McGregor, McGregor's going to go for a knockout. Uh-huh. And in order to go for a knockout, you have to open yourself up. Yep. For a, and, and you you've know, got to and, go, you've got to go ball to the wall at, and, on at it for, for the first couple rounds. And Floyd Mayweather is 10 times better. Ten times smarter at boxing than Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz knocks you the fuck out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but I, I think I think Mayweather is going to come out and he's like, let me let me let this dude, you know, feel himself. Yeah. for a couple. Mayweather's going to do the Rocky. Mayweather's going to do the Rocky. Come out there. Yeah. Let you expend your energy. You know, you think right. you think you know what twelve rounds is like. You know, and I'm going to let your head get hyped. Oh, I'm landing some punches. I'm getting the best of it. This is going to be easy. 
Right. And then turn this, and then flip the script on it. And so that's why I'm saying Mayweather and 10 is because of that tactic. Yeah. Now, is yours probably more realistic? Maybe. Uh, you know, I think yours is probably more realistic, but I think, I just have it in my mind, I just don't think you can go. I don't think you can go it, that long. Without, he's without got opening a, himself up, without opening himself up to a fall. And then once he, once he gets dropped a couple times, cause he's gonna, he's gonna open himself up, one, cause he's gonna start getting a big head, cause Connor's right. got a big head. Right. He's gonna get a big head, and he's gonna open himself up, and he's gonna get hit. He's gonna get hit hard. And then he's gonna, that confidence is gonna go way down. And, and, and I, another, another thing I predict is there's going to be a couple times where McGregor's going to get his ass saved by the bell for that reason that you're talking about right there. Yep. And, and Mayweather's just going to get into a, a combination pattern where he's just lighting him up right at the bell. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, even though we know that what the outcome's going to be, like I'm getting excited just talking about it. About what I think is going to happen. <laughs> and that's what this sport's missing. And maybe maybe this fight will put a spark like what we're talking about right now into some of these young kids that will want to get involved back into the sport. Yeah. And I think it's going the right way. Right. I do think if boxing wants to stay relevant, it's got to do more of these. Um, Dana White's been the, the big um, – blocker in this because Dana White's such a you know I don't remember the guy that you know the guy that holds little puppets you know and does all that shit you know what I'm talking about with the strings the puppeteer he he has to be in control of it all and that's why I wasn't signed a long time ago because you know and I'm sure they haven't released the uh, financials on it yet but I'm sure Connor's not making what anywhere close to what Floyd's going to be making Oh, no, but, still, but he's still going to get, right, Yeah, it's still going to be but, substantial. But, it's, it's, but with Dana White, and it's, it's UFC making this, you know, like, what's the UFC getting out of this? Because that's, that's all Dana White really cares. Because he, right. he knows deep in his mind Connor's going to get beat. Everybody. And he wants to make, and he wants, to, and he wants his money. Anybody that knows anything about fighting, you know, you got your diehard, like, oh, the UFC's the greatest, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, that Floyd stepped into an octagon. Floyd's oh, getting yeah. rocked, it's a different game. You know? It's a you different know? game. It's a total different game. And you, you and they'll say that, but then they're like, oh, but Connor can do this. I'm like, dude, it's, it's a total different game. You know, Connor's right. stepping in that boxing ring. Well, that's, know, like, boxing. that's like saying that's like saying LeBron could go out onto, you know, like a lacrosse field and be relevant. When yeah, he doesn't. Or- He's big and LeBron, athletic, but he may, yeah. he may not know anything about the the skills and the 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 mindset of yeah. playing the or, or LeBron stepping out on a football field as a tight end. Now, you know? I, I I I steered away from going that route because I think he I think would he do could all be right good football field. <laughs> I think he would too, but I think it'll take him a season before he starts really learning the routes, learning the right. you know because it's a total different game. You know, footwork. Yeah, and that's different. why I went with lacrosse because you're you're you know it's completely yeah. different skill sets. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I I almost said football, but 
But I've always thought in my I mind think it too. that I LeBron think it's two, James would make it one hell of a tight end. Oh, yeah. If, you, if, if um, oh, crap. San Diego guy. Um, what the hell's his name? It's not Algie Crumpet. It's, um. Who is it? What team? San Diego. San Diego. Chargers. The tight end. Antonio, uh, Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates. Yeah, Gates. You know, if Antonio Gates can do it. And right. Jimmy, um, whatever the guy that was on the Saints now in Seattle, and Jimmy, um, Graham? Yeah, Jimmy Graham. Damn, my name. I haven't been following him <laughs> football. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but if they could do it, you know, and they weren't even good basketball players. Right. Yeah, you know, but if they right. can do it and they jump in and all of a sudden be there. Yeah. Well, you know uh, since we brought up, since we brought up LeBron and basketball, uh, let's go ahead and, and move on to point number two and talk about the NBA draft and one thing that's been burning a hole in my pocket today is the Foot Locker commercial. Please tell me you watched it. I, I watched that, and I didn't know what to say. I was like... <laughs> I thought it was, was great. Like, is Lonzo... Is, is this a LeVar thing? Is this a LeVar thing? <laughs> Telling Lonzo uh, to say this stuff because I, I mean, I'm still firm on my, I'm still firm. <laughs> I'm still firm on believe that Lonzo is afraid to talk negative about his dad. Not anymore. <laughs> but I don't know if Levar like scripted that for him. I don't know, but whoever did it is genius. Right. It's greatest oh, thing yeah. I've seen today. I was like, I was sitting there, I was and, watching the other guys, you know, say their little thing. Like, <laughs> I remember going fishing with my dad. You know, I remember fishing with my dad, and then Lonzo, oh, I wish my dad wouldn't talk <laughs> shit to call him coward, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, where'd this come from? Whoa. The you know, funniest dad thing is... Dad told him 29 other teams not to draft me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man, I love that commercial. I have yet to see it on TV, um, but the fact that it's out there, <laughs> I love it. Uh uh, if anybody, like, hey, if anybody, if anybody listens to this show, it'll be on the Facebook page and Instagram page for Sports and More with HTC after the show. I'm pretty sure I already tweeted it out. If I yeah. didn't, I, I, I know I, it's not. It's I, not on the. It's not on the uh, Facebook page yet. Okay, it'll yeah, be we'll on, put it'll it up on, there. It'll, it'll it'll be on there so you guys can see it. Since I have not seen it on live TV yet. But it is yeah. a commercial that Foot Locker has filmed. Oh, it's great. It's great. Uh, but, yeah, the, the seriousness of all the other guys. And then it goes to Lonzo, and he's like, your dad belittling your high school coach. <laughs> like, it's great. And then the yeah. last one, who whoever did the editing or planning out of that commercial, to have the kid do the one at the end, I don't even know who that is at the end. I don't remember either. He's like in fishing, and fishing. Man, I remember fishing. a lot of fishing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That was the highlight. Like of they're all life. talking about like family time, great things, doing like, things outside of basketball. Yeah, and, like, you know, like like I remember my dad taking me to all my practices and all this, and then Lonzo's just shredding his dad. It's great. I almost like want to see Levar Ball when that commercials. Played for the first Aired. time in front of them. 
Well, like, first yeah. time it's, you see it, because I, I see his reaction, because his reaction is just like, ah, and laughs. That'll give me a different take on LeVar Ball. Right. <clears throat> but but I yeah. think he's just a controlling, I just think he's an overbearing, controlling father. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. He's spent a lot of time with his kids, and I'm sure his kids really respect him and really love him. You know, and, it's, and right. nothing wrong, but I just think he's very overbearing. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I don't know the whole but, life, so I can't say that's the actual way. I have to say it's my thought process on it, but. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, I mean, there's there's so much behind-the-scenes shit that goes on that nobody will ever know. Yeah. Um, it's but, almost like the Kardashians. Yeah. But um, one thing that we do know is that Los Angeles who is the only team he's marketing to go to, is actually working out, or worked out, two other guys Two other guys. guys. Uh, uh, they were actually talking, well, they didn't kind of, yeah. They were actually talking, they ahead. didn't like, yeah, they were actually, in the, in the article I was reading, and some of the other stuff I've listened to, they were actually talking about how they really didn't like what, he, what Lonzo had to offer for the number two pick. And, yeah. And I think that's Magic Johnson being a genius. Because why would you want to go out and just drool all over this kid? Well, because then Boston's just going to go, well, fuck that, I'm taking him. Exactly. Just so, not, just so not only that, like... but not only that, everyone else would have so much more to well I'm gonna trade up for Boston to get Yeah, because why wouldn't why wouldn't Boston get rid of that number one pick? Right. For for um the the kid from Utah. Um Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward or Jimmy Butler or or something, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm just so I'm a, like the NBA draft is just not appealing to me for one thing only and that's just like all these guys are great talents. Great NBA talents, but it comes back to what we were talking about the other day. They just—I don't think they're. Um, it, it'll be a while before fundament, fundamentally and technically sound enough to play the tactical NBA game. Right, and, and um, it'll be a couple of years before even the top guys will be. Maybe, maybe not a couple of years, but at least at PG. At least a PG while. Thirteen. Look at PG-13. PG-13, to me, is an older version of OG. In my mind, okay. when, I, when I watched, watched PG-13 at Fresno I think State. he's got more to offer. I think he's and, got more uh, to offer than OG, but, but I can see the comparison. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I don't want to say, I don't want to say poor man's OG, uh, PG, but, uh, Slightly not as good, but it, but could be. Um, I see the, I see the, I see the comparison. I see what you're talking about as far as like their style. Yeah, what they're they the bring same, to they're the, the same table. Type of build. They're the same right. athletic athleticism. They're the same heart. It seems like. Um, yeah. And when PG came out, he wasn't touted at all. He got passed on no. by a lot of people. They, you know, people were like, "Oh no, he was a skinny guy," and all that other stuff. Well, and um, I mean, coming from Fresno State, too. Like, yeah, what did where when were they ever 
you know, like world leaders. You know, and they, they weren't. They were they were that they were that because of the conference they were in, they got into the, the tournament a lot. But they never really yeah. did anything in the tournament. And and PG is one of the really best players. But now he's one you know, of the best players in the league. Yeah, and I think he would be he would be way up there if it wasn't for that leg injury. Because he was on the rise quick before he right. before he broke his leg. Because he was up there in the talks of, all right, you got LeBron, Durant, and Carmelo, and then it's these group of you know five to ten guys, and that's where PG thirteen was. But he was still young and still learning. Right, right. And, and see, you know? I, I I find myself being a little a little biased about how much of an up and up and comer he was, just because I'm a Pacers fan. Uh, I, but, I am a Pacers, but I agree player. with you. But I agree. With I think you. he was he was right there with Kawhi Leonard. He came out around the same time as Kawhi. Kawhi started his thing. Now people are trying to say Kawhi is like great. Well, Kawhi was never as good at defense with as him. Kawhi was never as good at offense with as he was at the time. You know that right. leg injury that set him back. I, I that set oh, him yeah. back. Two I years. remember watching that set him too, man. That was because he there, came there's back been... that year, but. It was, and this year was his first full year back, and I don't think he was—he's still even back. No, but um, that, but and he's a team player, so that also takes away yeah. from him a little bit, because right. he'll let you know he'll he instead of being like the Kobe killer, you know, instinct, he'll look for that better shot, because right. he was never a killer in high school, he was never a killer in in college, so that killer is not there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always, you know, he is technically sound, where it's like, this isn't the best shot. I'm going to give it to this guy. He's got a best shot. You know, you're talking about how this was his first full year back after his injury. And you're talking about how you think he didn't have as great of a year as he did prior to the injury. And I agree with you. And, and But this is what I don't think it's him not being back to his prime. This is what I kind of accredit it to. They had a brand-new coach. He had a brand-new point guard. And he lost all of his buddies. Like all the dudes that were actually yeah. being, being there and helping him, you know, get to the NBA Finals. The Eastern yeah, Conference I mean, Finals. I'm sorry. The, yeah. So I I don't think it's him. I think it's those three things. Yeah. That, he's not comfortable. That, he's he's pissed off at the organization. Um. And then I mean, and then on top of that, Larry Bird leaves this year. Why would the kid not leave and go to Cleveland or go oh, man, to I, somewhere else? I'm a I'm a huge PG13 fan, man. I will buy his shit all day every day. I don't have anything. I wish I did, but um. But uh, you know when he rebranded himself as PG thirteen, changed his number to thirteen. Right. You know, I was he, like, man, that's was, an awesome art. That's an awesome marketing thing. And then he broke his leg right. as soon as he did it, and it's like, oh man, because he was he was there. No, he broke his leg before. Well, he had already he had it his in leg the works. He had already okay, had it in the works. He, he had already had it, it in the works. It was supposed NBA, to take place that season. Yeah, because the I NBA because his number and his jersey sales and the thing with the NBA, he couldn't change his name or change his number. Number. 
until without and then that without, summer's when he snapped his leg. Yeah, and so he was working USA on. Best. He was trying to get those. He was trying to get those old numbers off the show. jerseys out of there. Right. But, you know, jerseys out of there because otherwise he had to buy up all those other jerseys. Right, and we kind of talked about that a little bit with baseball and uh, uh, whoever number four is on the Reds anymore. I can't draw a blank now. Scooter Jeanette. Oh, oh, when was this? I must have been one uh, Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, Brandon Phillips was kind of uh, butthurt about Scooter Jeanette having the number four and saying that he was surprised that they gave, gave it out some money. He's like, listen, man, they just gave me that number when they brought me up in March. And he's like, I don't have any money to buy out all of the jerseys, so guess what? I'm wearing number four. Mm. And then he comes out. Then he comes out the next game and has like four home runs. Yeah, because I was because I was reading that thing about PG when he uh, when it, when it was coming, and then he it went and broke his leg because he was at the height, man. You're talking the kid that was just locking down LeBron, right? And taking and, and LeBron. I you what, you know? I don't know if you were uh, what you were doing. Would that well, you know that whenever he around that time when he snapped his leg, but I was watching a USA exhibition game because of him. I mean, you yeah. know, and like I said, I'm I'm a Pacers fan, but I was watching that game because of Paul George, and then he goes and and lands awkwardly and snaps his leg, and I've seen I in my in my lifetime I've seen two in live action lives. Sport. The Louisville I think kid. two people snapped their Kevin Ware and and Paul George, and yeah. I tell you what, if Paul George wouldn't have had his like little legging things that they wear in the NBA, it would have been a lot more gruesome than the Kevin Ware. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was. I mean it was gruesome. I mean you could yeah. get hot, but yeah, yeah. So, but and and PG kind of brought me back. To watching basketball because I watched, I followed it. I didn't watch a whole lot of games until the playoffs, but I followed right. it. Right, right. Because you know I'm a, I mean I grew up going to the Pacer games. All the my best friend's dad owned some construction company, and he had season tickets for the company, which we always, me and my buddy, and you know we always got the tickets. We were always like, well, did anybody get those tickets? We watched Jordan when he came back. From retirement in Market Square Arena, you know, wearing number forty-five, I was at that game, right? You know, and so awesome. like I, you know, and so you know, and I grew up watching, you know, Chuck Person and Reggie Miller, Detlef Shrimp, and you know, the Flying Dutchman, Rick Smith, you know, <coughs> and the uh, D Square, the, the you know, Dale Davis and Antonio Davis, and. Oh, you know, and I loved watching that stuff, you know, and then it was just like, right. oh, well, Pacers suck. Indiana basketball sucks. Uh, I just quit watching basketball. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, when, when I quit watching the Pacers, and it was only for, for a little bit of time, but I, the malice at the palace, when I watched Ron Artest go into the stands, and try to fight a fan. I was like, "This is these these guys are a bunch of thugs," and it wasn't worth watching to me at that point. So I was watching. I actually watched that game. I just came. I was I was stuck in the field for a week, and I came home that night, 
got, you know, we got our bus ride home in the night. We were out in the mountains in Maine and, uh, for a week, you know, living off the land and all that stupid shit. And, uh, we got back and they're like, you know, watch your alcohol intake and this stuff and that stuff. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. What gotcha? You know, <laughs> and, uh, ten, I saw ten four. So, <laughs> you know, gotcha. So I went and bought a 12 pack, went to my room. I was like, Pacer game's on. They're playing Detroit. And I watched that game. And I'm still to this day, and a lot of people disagree with me, but I'm still to this day. Because the amount of shit Ron Artest got for those years before, you know, all the years before and all his technical fouls and the antics that he did, I always right. kind of liked Ron Artest. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with and you. I still, I don't disagree with what he did. Because I mean, I, I did, do. This and is I don't. where I, I disagree I with him. I disagree with the way he was sprawled out on the scores bench, being an a jerk. Well, he was being now, a jerk, but he was he was trying to over exaggerate the fact that hey, I'm not doing anything. Don't give right. me a technical foul, you know? Because I, if he would have stood I there, get, he would have got a technical foul. Right. I get that, but if he wouldn't have laid on the scores table, he wouldn't have got a beer thrown up. Well, I mean, this comes back to the whole fan thing. And, you know, like I've stood next to Ron Artest in real life down here at Orlando Magic game on the court. And I know Ron Artest has, at the time, had the fastest hands in the NBA because he was a Golden Glove boxer. He was a great boxer. He was all this stuff. His dad was a boxer and all that. I'm like, and I stood and I, you know, I shook his hand. I looked at him. And, and then at that moment in my life, I realized, I like. I would rather go in a dark alley to fight Ray Lewis than to go in a dark alley and fight Ron Artest. Like this <laughs> motherfucker's huge, you know. Yeah, like, he's just huge. And you're, you know, right. this fan. You, I mean, and I mean, and Ron Artest. I mean, he was a big basketball player, but he, I mean, he's small compared to LeBron. You know, and but he, he's a what kind of basketball player? Scrappy. He's a prof- no. He's no. a professional. He's a professional basketball yeah. player. And when you're a professional, you, I don't care okay. wh- what they do. You have to stay professional. You can talk all the shit you want to the fans, and if they throw a beer at you, you can get pissed off and threaten them. All you want. But the fact that he went into you know the who stand got, after this guy. The one thing I didn't agree with the NBA. You know who should have gotten more? Who should have gotten fined more and suspended more? Because Ron Artest went up there, but he never did anything. Right. It was the other, the Detroit dude but that he, went and, after and, Artest. But, no. Um, and Ron Artest was on the court when he got a beer thrown on him. Now, that's, that's a little over the top. You can talk all the right. shit you want as long as right. you don't get racial. As long as you don't get racial to me, to you or talk about your family, I don't care what shit you talk. You can talk shit about their game all day long. You know what I'm saying? You can talk shit about all types of things. Don't talk about their family. And don't, you know, when you throw a beer don't on bring, somebody, that, that's, that's, that's assault. Right. That's assault. I agree with that. You are, you are now assaulting me. And at that moment, at that moment, you know, think of you in a bar. Right. Somebody throws a beer, oh, you're yeah. gonna get really pissed off. Right, but I'm you know, I'm not so. a professional beer drinker. 
Well, I kind of, I kind of pride myself on that, but um, <laughs> no, but uh, but no, at the same time, but Stephen Jackson, Stephen Jackson wasn't okay, even on yeah. the court; he was on the bench, yeah. and he was the one up there throwing more punches than anybody. He was farther up in the stands, throwing more punches, and he got like a three-game suspension. And Ron Artest right. got what thirty games or something like that, like a half a season. Didn't didn't a Detroit player go up there and hit Artest? I think so too. Yeah, and it was like, all right, mm-hmm. guys, you know, like I understand, you know, that's one thing about basketball; it's different than every other sport. There's nothing keeping the fans off the court. There's nothing right. that keeps the fans off the court, and at every other sporting event you go to in the world. There's, there's a barrier. Some there's kind a of barrier. barrier. Yeah, there's a barrier. Yeah. You know, I when I go to the Colts games here, I sit in the first row, right behind but, the, but, on, on a on a thirty yard line, right behind. But you're you're about ten feet above them, and there's a a yeah. gate. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, and, uh, like and, you and, and I, sit, I agree. I sit right behind the Jaguars' uh, sideline because two feet to my right is the tunnel that the Colts come out of. Yeah, you know those are you know I want to be high fiving them on their way out, you know, and high fiving them on their way in for everything, you know, and stuff like that. And um, yeah. but and there's probably I mean, not a I whole get, lot of people I, fighting I get, you to get there. <laughs> you know, oh, well, there, there's a lot of con- confrontation because I'm wearing my Colts shit and they're all Jags fans. Oh yeah. But um, and then and then they start on the Florida Gators thing and we talked about this last time. I'm not a big Gators fan and you know, right. I think their their fans are all you know trailer trash for the most part. <laughs> um. Well, I know we're on the NBA topic, and I know that we've yeah. kind of this is going to be kind of went show, off our draft topic. <laughs> RP three, this is going to be a show where you and I are just going to go and talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about anyway. But well, man, gonna, if you listen, I, if you listen to all these other podcasts. <laughs> That's the kind of way they go, too, and that's what makes them great. They talk about stuff that they want to talk about. You know, it's like, we have an idea what we're going to talk about, but then we're going right. to talk. And when it but means I, something I, to you when you talk about it, it means something more to the fan. But but for 20 minutes, I've had this article pulled up looking at it <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. And uh, we kind of – and we, we talked we, – we touched on it a little bit, and I was like, Hey, this would be great. I could talk about this. But uh I want to circle back around and, and at least talk about what I <laughs> what I have on my phone right now. And it's that <clears throat> we talked about how Brad Stevens and Boston may trade their first first pick, you know, or whatever and, and how Magic Johnson was a genius who how I think he's a genius for for continuing to work out guys. Other than uh, Lonzo, but uh, you know we we've kind of heard that Markel Fultz is gonna be the guy Number. that Boston is gonna look at, right? And yeah. Brad, he's Stevens, the best basketball player. That's the kid from Washington, right? Right. Brad yeah. Stevens has been in contact with the Massa Catholic High School's guidance counselor about him. And he's, you know, uh, the dude's saying that, that he's talked to Brad Stevens and, um, he was interested in how Markel learns 
and uh, just he's saying how amazing that was that a con for the coach to to kind of be concerned about that and reach out to him. Now, with that being said, I don't know how much you have even have heard of this guy or or if it's just me because I'm a coach and I I'm a nerd and I follow everything coaching, but there's a guy who is named Alan Stein. Have you ever heard of Alan Stein? That name sounds really familiar. Okay, he is part of a it's called Pure Sweat Basketball. And he has okay. a podcast out there and it's him and Drew Hamlin uh who do this Pure Sweat thing. Drew Hamlin trains NBA basketball players. Um you name a guy, he's trained him or at least worked with worked one with of his him teammates. some yeah, right. worked with him. <clears throat> Um, but Alan Stein was a, uh, trainer at DeMatha and about two months now, ago. Now, is, is DeMatha, is DeMatha one of those prep schools that are like specialized in basketball it, it, players? It's a private, it's a private school. That's where, um, Vic, Victor Oladipo came from. Um, also Maryland. It's a Maryland area, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it, it is, it's not a prep school. It's not a prep school, but it's a, it's a private school. It's a private Catholic school and they're heavily focused on basketball. But Alan Stein two months ago on one of his podcasts said, I can't disclose who has reached out to me, but, and this is a guy who was a, a strength and conditioning coach. He said, you might be a caller in a minute. Yeah, I saw that. He said that NBA coaches have been reaching out to him, asking about Markel Folks, what kind of athlete he was, what kind of student he was, and all this. So I I don't know if if you know what he was saying was Brad Stevens and Brad Stevens. Bitches and, so and hoes. <laughs> hang on, Perk. I'm in the middle of a sentence. So I don't know if this is Alan Stein saying. You know, m- you know, maybe it was Brad Stevens reaching out to him, but the fact that so many people are after this dude and, and contacting just anybody is just phenomenal to me. And I think that's a smart move for Brad Stevens. If nothing else, he's finding out what kind of because you you know you you don't want to call Washington. And talk to them about it because they've only had him for a year. You yeah, want to talk had, to like we talked about the one and done. Yeah, we've talked about right. the one and done's already. They're not even really there. So right. So we don't have anything to go off of. So let's go and talk to his high school, who has had him for four years, and they'll really be able to tell you what kind of athlete he was. Um, I think that just goes back to show how. Smart Brad Stevens coach, is. <laughs> how smart and how great of a coach Brad Stevens can be. Because he actually cares about us. By doing that, you're seeing, you're showing that you care about your team and the team chemistry, not just athletic right. ability and throw it together. And by doing that, you know, and, you know, Brad Stevens, you can already tell, he was a great coach because he was great at Butler with team basketball. You know, right. and stuff like that. And you, can get, and you can get your couple athletes on there, but you want the right couple athletes. Exactly. Where in, and in the NBA, 
look what he did when he lost. Like, everybody thought, oh, Isaiah Thomas is done. You know, so the Celtics are done. And, they right. came out and, and then they better. come back and win the next game. And they come out and play better. And they play better in the next game, too. They play better without Isaiah Thomas than they did with Isaiah Thomas. So it just shows me that Brad yeah. Stevens is a great coach. And then, yeah. and he's it, looking at making the team better chemistry-wise. Because chemistry is great. You know, chemistry, you can throw, I mean, look at the All-Star games. All, you know, it's it's always a hodgepodge of who's going to do anything in any All-Star game, where it's basketball, baseball, or, or football. You never see the best ball being played because they go, don't know how to play together because they're all all-stars and they're all, you know, they're just not good chemistry guys with each other. Let me ask you this real quick. I'm going to jump in. I just heard that tail end of that, but that's a good, interesting point. So with Stevens being able to adjust with Thomas being out, most people, and I think you guys agree, they were actually a better team without him. So, with his well, they were a better stock, team without. I, hold go on, ahead, with go his ahead. with go his ahead. stock so high right now, do you move him? Do you try to get a Paul George? Does the Pacers bite on that and take him over Paul George because they know they're going to lose him anyway? That's one scenario. I know we've talked about Cleveland, but at the same time, right. they they played better ball without him. Honestly, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, and on some team. He's gonna I think he's. Amazing. I think. I, but does I think he he's not a, fit with that team? I think he's a. Poor I think man's he's a, Westbrook. Right. But okay. he's a hell of a player. In my mind. But, but here's me. He here's my point, better. Perk. Here's my point, Perk. I think Boston is a better team with Isaiah Thomas on the court. Now, in the matchup with Cleveland. They were a better team without him on the court because he's so small. Right. Well, that yes. I think, I think yeah. they still need. To, I think they. I think Isaiah. But is, there's is, your problem, though. Who are they going to run into the next three, four, five, six, seven years? And they're going to well, run yeah, into the I same think, matchup I, I think problem. I, well, not only that, but I think Isaiah is just now starting to follow in line with Brad Stevens' coaching. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, he just, like he just. So it's kind of some growing pains. It's some growing pains because, like, if you see the beginning of the season, they weren't that great, but towards the end of the season, they started doing really good. You know what I'm saying? And they ended up taking first place, and they, you know, they did great to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, and then, I don't know, Isaiah exploded in the conference finals. He actually did good. He did good in that. I mean, he what, he was scoring hella points in the, in the finals. Right, but, but the rest scoring of the hella points is getting you wins, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So that's like, he had to revert back. I think he reverted back to, you know, being. So do you think they? So do you think they stick it out and see what they can do in the draft? Or see oh yeah, what they can do because in the trade and if, if they stick it out, got a, they've they, got to help a point guard. Bottom yeah, line. Yeah. He's but a hell of a point is guard. He's the right point guard for them. And I think he can be, you know, because I think he's still learning that Brad Stevens style of basketball, which is something completely different. I guess. You know, so. yeah, his dad his dad played for Bobby Knight. So it shouldn't be that hard because his dad has a lot of Bobby Knight in him. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the same type of ball that Brad Stevens plays. The Bobby Knight pick and roll, you know, you know, small, small, you know, point guard ball. Spread it out and do it all, you know. Um, and I think 
you know, now that they won without him, that's even a bigger selling point to Isaiah from Brad of, hey, man, if you listen to me and you do what I want. Like, this is the and, role I need you to fill. Yeah, this is the role I need you to fill. And you'll, you'll do it ten times better than the guy I had doing it. Right. And you'll still get your options to shoot. You'll still get your ability to score. I don't know if you but guys are gonna... on this or not, but what do they do in the draft to help them, the Celtics? Like, they got the number one pick. Like, what do they do? And that's what we were, talk- we were talking about, Fultz, and how Brad Stevens uh, has reached out to his high school by his college. But he's a, he's, a, he's a point guard, though. You've got a point guard. But he yeah. could he's a bigger point guard that could very easily you can, play, you can play him. You, yeah, you could easily but, put him but, in the two. But how can he shoot as a two? Is he a shooting guard or is he a point guard? He could be. He's a scoring guard. Well, there's your problem though. He could be. You, you need to get well, that's, somebody that's, that number one pick that's going to help you. When you're in Boston's position, you need somebody to help you right now. You don't need a and what, that's, point that's guard. Another, that's, a, that's another thing we're talking about is. Um, with Magic Johnson being amazing with what he's doing right now with uh, looking at three or four other players, Vice, Lonzo, Ball, because, you know, the whole thing was Lonzo, 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 and now Lakers are like, we're going to look at these right. other players. Because I'll tell you right now, I think what's, what's, what's the other thing? I'm, I'm going to go on the I'm going to give a bold prediction. I think the Celtics should take Josh Jackson. That's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. That's not I think, a bad pick at I, all. I think no. if the Celtics want I think if to the Celtics, help them right now. That's what's going to help them right now. Is that? It, I, I think helping them right I, now I, is not a. I don't think pick. you could take helping them right now. Ball or Fultz right now because you have a point guard, and I don't think either problem. of those guys yeah. are going to play point guard. Well, so my bold With prediction the is my bold prediction is Celtics trade because if they want to, if they actually yeah. want to make themselves better, if they want to make themselves yeah. better, they've got to go get somebody who's already NBA ready. So is that going to be PG or um, what's the? Story? I don't think PG. you trade away. I don't think you trade away the first round pick for Paul George they've got a because second, you know got, that they, he could leave. He's got a. You got a second. First round pick. They've got another first round pick. Well, they would have to be something guaranteed in that for them to get PG because exactly. they're not going to just trade that and get it. Well, you're, one you're, year. you're going to, yeah, it's going to be some kind of deal. It's, it's maybe. A trade where you, I can see them, you know, or I can like see that. them trading RP3. I can see them Jimmy trading Butler. that second pick, what you're talking about, plus a couple of assets, like maybe some guys deep at the end of the bench that have some upside, like a Tyler Zeller. And moving some of those, you know, those younger assets and that other first round pick that you're talking about for somebody I mean, like Ainge, Paul George. Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is all about the youth, but he also has to realize right now he's on the verge of getting to the conference finals, and he's not that far off. And in order to do that, you need a PG thirteen, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, the dude from Utah, I can't remember his name again. Uh, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. You know, you need one of those guys. Uh, there's well, a couple others coming out there. And then you also have the Golden State, man. Golden State's got to re-sign Kevin Durant. Golden State's got to re-sign uh, Steph Curry. 
Clay Thompson has one more year left on his contract, so they got to figure out something with him too. And you know, uh, oh Griffin, Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin's up. Chris Paul's up, which he's a point guard, so that's not really going to help you. Um, but, but I uh, think I think I think a Gordon Hayward move to Boston, uh, and Perk. I know what you're saying with, you know, you bring in Fultz and he's got to learn how to play the two spot. But what better way to do it than, I mean, you know, as a rookie, what you're going to be maybe the backup point guard for a couple, for a year or two. Yeah. You know, why, why if not? Anything with that, yeah, if anything with that first pick, I would look at like, you know, a small forward or power forward with that very first pick to be able to sit, put some good, be a good sixth or seventh man for this first season. Because you're probably, you, I don't know the Celtics, you know, um, breakdown on where their guys are and all that stuff, but you probably have one of those two, a small forward or a forward, who's a decent player right now. But it's... You know, ability to Gordon be Hayward. taken. You know, the ability to be taken. Gordon Hayward taken really would be a good yeah. a good fit. It, that's you know. That. Well, I'm just yeah, or or a, a rookie. You know, a rookie who's going to have to sit and be a sixth or seventh, or you know, a sixth or seventh man. And I, next but year, I think, not this year. I think if, next if you bring in somebody like Gordon Hayward, he would be able to take someone, someone's spot, like a Marcus Smart or. Jay Crowder, or, you know, somebody's spot. Yeah. Now, RP3, I've got I've got to call you out on something. Uh-oh. I did, I said Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is not the IU Detroit Pistons Isaiah Thomas. I was son. wondering that when you said <laughs> that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't right, think my that bad, was my right. bad, my bad. I didn't know. I, didn't, I thought that That's was our right. little boy. I was no, wondering I what you were, you where you were going with that, and then when you said his <laughs> coach was I, Bob Knight, I'm like, yeah, all right, got I don't me, think got you're me. thinking of the wrong guy. The right guy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I hate me, to call me. you out on on uh, yeah, on the podcast. Go right ahead, man. Like I said earlier but, uh, in the podcast, man, I haven't followed ba- basketball for a long time until BT. No. You really got me. We might not. I've never been a Celtics fan. We know our basketball, so you don't know. I don't think. Yeah, what up now? I don't think you understand right now. <laughs> we got him on that one, T-Bag. Well, I, I was waiting for the right time to call you out on it because the go minute right you ahead. said it, I was like, I was like, huh? Wonder how long I should let that go. <laughs> you should have, you should have blasted kind of right what I, said. I was like, man, he's on a roll right now. I'm just gonna let him go with this, and then I kind of spaced it after that. <laughs> well, thanks so, you uh, for uh, thank you for the correction. At least we don't have to put it on the correction uh, for the next one. And week, that fact, you know? that fact check was brought to you by Google. No, I'm kidding. I knew that one. Because <laughs> you know, to be honest, brought to you by when, when he started to get relevant a couple of years ago, I I had to Google it because I was like, oh shit, Isaiah Thomas has got a kid that's in the NBA, and then I Googled it, and this someone could probably fact check me, but I think what I recall had happened was. Like the dude, his dad lost a bet with somebody, and they said that he had to name him after Isaiah Thomas or something like that. Uh, 
don't yeah. know. I mean, you had you had that's a hell of a story to tell your grandkids. Yeah, like not. Nah, what was that, what was that kid that played for? Um, and for him to make the NBA too, that's crazy. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's it's a you know a one in a million type story. But yeah, I think his. Well, dad, the, I think the, his dad's name's like James or something, Jimmy or. You no, know, even if Johnny. he did lose a bet, and for that kid still be named Isaiah Thomas to make the NBA, that's still a far out there stretch, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, you had the Julius Irving kid from like what was it, LSU. Right? Well, I'll tell you what. Who was when, supposed to be really good and never was? A couple of years ago, when I heard Vince Carter was still in the NBA, I was like, oh, shit. Vince Carter, that, he must have had a kid. Yeah, that <laughs> dude is old, That old motherfucker just still playing. <laughs> He's still kind of throwing it down out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, Vince Carter, I forget man. who he plays for I thought now, he retired Vince's? like four was it? Is it Toronto? Is that right? No, that's I where he started at. Memphis. He he started. I think yeah, he's at think Memphis. He's, Grizzly. I think he's down there with Donnelly. I think he's down there with Donnelly. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, like, think so. I think I I Actually, saw his I'm, name pop up, and I was like, oh shit, he's got a kid in the NBA. No, 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 it's still his old. <laughs> he ain't dad. that old. He ain't that old. He would have had a kid when he was in high school, which ain't. Yeah, he's probably well, in his forties though. He might be one he's of the oldest guys in the NBA right now. For sure. If not, it seems like he's been in the NBA for 40 years. Well, he, he was a high school kid, remember? Right, right, right. But I, but I'm just saying, like, so, you know, when whenever I, like I said, I when I first saw his name pop up in a headline or something. <clears throat> but Yeah, uh, he's with the Memphis Grizzlies. Perk, I know that you He was drafted in, in 1998. Yeah, he's 40. Yeah. He, he was born in '77. Yeah, he's, he's two years older than you, Perk. Damn, Dirk's thirty-eight. Nowitzki. But uh, Perk, I know you just jumped in, but our topic is uh, NBA the draft. Anything <laughs> NBA draft related? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, we've no, talked you... about. <laughs> we uh, talked a little bit about OG and how he's kind of a poor man's PG thirteen. Um. <laughs> Huh. Uh, oh, well, that was my thought process. We talked about uh, we talked yeah. about Lonzo's Foot Footlocker commercial. I haven't seen that. Oh, oh you didn't man. watch the video? You've got to go. Hey, watch don't it. worry. It'll be on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram on the Sports for More with HTC tomorrow or tonight, whenever uh, T Bag gets around to put it on there. <laughs> So. <laughs> I need to make you a uh, administrator of that so you can post shit on there. But it'll be on there then for all the fans out there listening. Uh, Grandma, it's definitely on Twitter. <laughs> definitely on Twitter. But I got to get on Twitter, man. I'm reading on OG, sorry. All right. So I was listening to a guy OG, today about OG. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I'll, so, I'll, that's the same where I was So, <clears throat> I was reading an article today on uh, Bleacher Report about, like, some of the best uh, prospects that teams are going to go after. And I've heard that, or I read, I guess, not really heard, that the Atlanta Hawks are going to go after OG. It says, uh, <clears throat> and this is a Bleacher Report article, I'll just read a bit of it. 
said the Hawks have plenty of holes to fill around uh, Dennis Schroeder and Dwight Howard this summer. The biggest may be the one left behind by Paul Millsap, who opted out of his contract in May. Uh, it says this year's draft, though thin at power forward, could yield an intriguing prospect or two in Atlanta's range at number 19. The most intriguing is OG, a versatile forward who might have been a legit lottery prospect if not for his, his injury. ACL, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his defensive ability should get him on the floor early, though he'll have to work on his shot to stick around. Um, so that's kind of yeah. where that's, I, I, I mean I that's, like that's that what thing. I see. And I like OG, and I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow OG like I do Victor Oladipo, and I think he'll be better than Oladipo because I he think just has I think more, leaving was was his smartest. Decision. Well, especially with because, change, because I, exactly. I mean, as much as we want to bash, as much as we want to bash Cream, um, I think Cream got people ready for the NBA. I think he was. I think, and I've always said this: Cream is one hell of a player developer. I mean, look at Troy Williams, look at Yogi Ferrell, look at anybody that he put into the NBA. Look at fucking like look at said, Will Sheehy. He's playing in a D league and doing Victor Oladipo. That's your that's biggest, yeah, the biggest one. That's the biggest one. But I'm just saying, like, if you can take Will Sheehy, and he's relevant in the D league, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, when when if he goes know? anywhere else, he's not a he's not a starter. Yeah, he would he wouldn't even make it a D league if he would have went to Purdue or. You know, Ohio State it, or any, anything like it, that. Any he other school. Been, yeah. But the fact that Tom he Green's went to really IU at, at a time, he went to IU at a time where they were <clears throat> kind of trying to get back on the relevant train. And, and I think Jordan Holmes would have been good, too. If oh, had more Jordan Holmes is still playing professional basketball. He's, He's overseas, just though, right? Overseas. Right. Yeah, but he but still make it. He more, yeah, he'll never make the NBA. But no. if he would have had more time with Cream, I think Cream could have got him at least in the D League doing something. You know what I'm saying? I don't think so. I think that he's just he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's too small. He he, he well, won't they fit said that about Yogi. anywhere. They no, said that about Yogi. Was different. Holden's Yogi was different. Though. Yogi Yogi was a fucking five star coming out though. Like Yogi yeah. Yogi had his scholarship like, in, his freshman year. Those are two different players. Like, Holes can shoot. He can't keep up with a point guard of the NBA caliber, and that's the only no. place he can guard. He gets picked off in the pick and roll. Like, it's it, – he's a – unfortunately, but what, but, but could, but he's could a victim of the game, that. you know? Like, no, yeah, you can't. But, you can't fix size. You can't – you know what I mean? Like, he would get murdered in a pick and roll offense. Like he's guarding Dwight Howard on a pick and roll down low. I mean, oh, yeah, hello. He's done. But yeah, I mean, you do that every time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love Jordan Holes, but he'll never be in the NBA, and he never could, regardless of who hey, was coaching well, him. Well, what about because of his, his? Well, that's a totally different story. Like, yeah, he could I obviously saying, be like, there. I think. Would he? Would he? Would, if if Crane would have had him for three to four years. You know, now I think Crane's big think thing so. is I think he's good at like small forwards. The, he's good at small forwards, point guards, and shooting guards. 
I don't think he's that great at power forwards and centers. Okay, but let me ask you this. But he can, he can, he can develop. Is, is Oladipo just a product of getting an opportunity at a big school and getting his name out there? Or is he a product of Cream making him better? Did Cream make him better? Well, I'm sure he did. In the off season, they work on shit and blah, blah, blah. But it, well, and it, Perk, it, 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 it's a lot of about this. Hold, hold on, Perk. We kind of talked about this a little bit uh, before you jumped on. Uh, Damasa, where uh, Vic, Victor Oladipo went to high school. They are a private school, but they are one of the elite private schools, and they work on player development. And exactly. They, so did he just, and, was he just overshadowed by other people at the time and didn't get rid well, of it? Well, I think what happened was he I, learned I think he the just game. matured. He learned the game when he was supposed to learn the game. And I think when he got to college, he started to get physically developed. You know, some guys hit, hit their, you know, hit their growth spurts a little later than others. But I think he always had the smarts for the game. And I think Tom Crean took what he had, saw what he had, and took him and pushed him to the next level. Think about I think this. Victor Oladipo was elite no matter what, no matter All who right, he bet, played for. But, but, but think yeah, about think this. In high school, was, was he the dominant player in high school on his team? Probably not. No, but, he he, was, but I'm telling you. He was in actually college, a really dominant player. He wasn't. No, he wasn't because there was other teams. If that's he an elite records. private had, school. He, no, no, no. He had but if that's he an had elite private there. school, you can't tell me that he was the number one recruit coming out of that high school and went to Indiana because nobody else wanted him. No, but he uh, – Right, that's little, what I'm saying. Where, so what, he what, where did he make his player? He, he wasn't – was he the leading scorer on his high school team? I don't remember. I think he was more of a defensive player, if I remember right. Right. That's what I'm Which saying. Which is what he what is, is what he, he was and what he came in at NBA or NCAA as a and a people recruit guys good. that can score and that are flashy and that stand out. He wasn't that guy, and he wasn't that guy in the end either. That's the thing. He was that same role player. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the guy on Indiana. He was never no. the guy on the Indiana Hoosiers. Just like he was never the guy right. on his high so school at, team. At Damasa, he so he was the same player in high school that he was in college, and that was fine because he was still a great player. But he was never the guy. That's why okay. he didn't at, get recruited his, like he should have. His senior year, he averaged eleven eleven point nine points, ten point three rebounds, three point six blocks. He led Damasa to a thirty two and four record in the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference in the city championship. He was named to the Washington Post 2010 All-Net First Team and the First Team All-WCAC. He was ranked number 144 overall and the number 41 shooting guard in his class. Which is not So, so was there – let me ask you this. And he was a three-star guy. Was there anyone else on his team that got recruited? Like, did anyone go anywhere else? This is his I have no idea. So. Like, uh, I, I don't know, but. See who else was on I, that team that but year. But those are not I, mean, I, just know, I just know, like, with Tom, like, he saw the defensive ability, and then he saw the athleticism. Because Tom Crean was big on athleticism, and I'm going to teach you some fundamentals. You know, and, and how to do, you know, the little things. Right. 
And that's what Tom was good at. I mean, shit, he did it with one of the best players ever in the NBA and Wade. He did it with Dwayne Wade. I know, I'm going to give Tom Crean credit, but at the same time, you can also say he's a hell of a recruiter. Because I don't think you know? Tom Crean can – he's a hell of a recruiter, but I don't think he can – I don't think he has a defensive mind. I think he has an offensive mind. He knows how to make a guy who has athletic ability to be a great offensive player. Right? And he it's tries to get a guy. Line, honestly. Yeah, and he tries For to me, get the guys anyway, that already have. Line. Yeah, he already tries to get the guys that have that defensive ability and try to get it going a little bit. But, you know, but, I mean, Blackman just puts a big black eye on screen in my mind. So you've got to basically be an average player if you want to go to a Tom Crean team because yeah. if you're not, you know you're going to go there. You know you're going to the NBA. But if you want to actually go to the NBA and you're like, I'm on the iffy side, I don't know if I'm going to make it, then a Tom Crean guy is the guy you want yeah. to go play for. Is that that's what exactly. you're saying? Yeah, I'm he's, looking he's at that, it as you're going to – he's a great recruiter because he knows these kids are good. I'm sorry, but if you only have them for one or two years, there's not a whole lot of shit you can change about their game that they've been playing since oh, they were man, five they, years old. But when you know, they when they practice three hours in the in the morning and three hours in the afternoon, they're going to you know, hone their skills. A, yeah, and you have think, a lot of time in the off seasons to 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 you're work. You're going to teach them anything they didn't know. You know, because I was watching Victor Oladipo's um, like pre draft workouts that Tom Crean was running, and I was like, holy shit! Like, where was he on our court? You know, like when we were playing, because like he was doing. And he was working hard. And, it, and, I mean, it also comes down to the athlete. The athlete's got to have the mind for it. Like, you couldn't do that with a Durant or somebody like that because they're, they're, they're above you. You know, they're above your coaching ability for the most part. You know what I'm saying? There's little things, and they have to, they have to buy in. The athlete has to buy in. With your <laughs> athletic ability and you're, and you're on that fence of, I may be able to get there because of athletic ability, but I'm going to buy into Tom Crean. And, you know, I'm you, you know, like Yogi was the same way because Yogi was small. And he had the handles and all the things. The, he had everything you want in the NBA except for height. And Crean was able to even make him better. You know, and Yogi stayed four years, you know, I, and that was because he was small, but, uh, but look at him now. He's doing he's doing really good. I think Crean I think I don't I don't think Crean would ever take IU to the promised land. But he's a great like mid level coach. Almost All right. <clears throat> to to break this argument up a little bit, and I agree with you, uh RP three and I agree with you Perk. Uh but I wanna talk a little bit <clears throat> more about the draft. Uh the Pacers are expected. I don't know how much you guys have followed uh, with any of the U of L basketball or if at all. But with me living right across the river, I followed a little bit. The only thing I and followed is the fact that they like hookers. Well, that they do. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, don't oh. hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> uh, no, that that they do, but. Donovan Mitchell, who's a shooting guard out of UofL, 
And, you know, like I said, with me living right here, I follow them. Um, that I would say they're probably my second college team just because the fact that they're right yeah. here and my, and my wife is a, is a fan. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, my, my son will probably grow up liking both teams. No, me, me and Perk's brother is a huge Louisville fan. Um, but, but the, the, the Pacers are looking at going after Donovan Mitchell, who's a shooting guard. And uh, going back to an article on Bleach Report, it says there's a lot riding on the Pacers' first-round pick this year. Uh, Pacers will look for another young piece to either complement PG-13 or help replace him. Um, now, I'm not saying that Mi- – huh, what's that? I was going to say, who's, who's that other guy that we got a year or two ago? Uh, was it Miles? Is that his name? Uh, Miles Turner? Yeah, the he's guy a, we got he's a years center. Ago. Miles okay. Turner's a center, powerful. I was trying to figure out what what position he played because I was like, I know we were worried, you know, like he was almost like the next the next big thing because while PG was hurt, he was doing really good. Right. Yeah. And well, uh, this guy this guy is more like a, a scorer. Miles Turner, don't get me wrong. That I think that cat's going to step into his role in a couple of years. Um, but I think he was still raw when we got him with a lot of upside. Um, but but this dude, uh, he 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 was a sophomore, came out early. He has all the physical tools to be a factor. Um, he's a big win- he was a big winner at the NBA Combine uh, without even touching a ball. He he got up for the highest standing vertical. He finished first in the three-quarter court sprint and measured 6'10 wingspan. Now, it says uh, if Mitchell if Mitchell sharpens his shot, which is kind of one of his downfalls, he's not a sharp shooter, um, but he uh, could form guard? a promising. He well, he he's a he's a more of a get to the rim guy. Okay. Uh, but he could form a promising inside-out pairing alongside up-and-comer Miles Turner, which we kind of talked about, with or without PG-13. So I know we've kind of talked about if we get someone in a, in the draft for Paul George, that would be great um, without giving up that pick. If you could match up, one of these other younger guys, like kind of Perk was talking about, maybe a Josh Jackson and Donovan Mitchell and Miles Turner and Teague. I think the future could be very bright in Indianapolis. Well, and, you know, like they've said too, like PG-13 is not dead set on leaving. Right. He's only dead and set on leaving put the right because, pieces because, Indiana's, because Indiana's not – wanting to put pieces around him is the only reason right. why he would really want to leave. Um, now, in the defense of that, though, I, I think they have made moves to put pieces around him. I just don't think they ended up being the right moves at the right time. Like Jeff Teague, hell of a point guard. You know, I was excited to see Jeff Teague come. But I like George Hill. I, I do like George Hill too, but I think Jeff Teague was at least a move to try to get a, a little bit more of an elite point guard. I, I think, it, like I said, it was it was a move, but it wasn't the right move at the right time. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, if, you get this, if you get this, if you get this guy from um, Louisville, you're talking Louisville. about, right? Um, which, you know, which PG won't can, be a, PG can, a dominant, PG can spot up. So, right, and if this you know, dude can like, get to the rim and kick, like they were saying, inside out, that that's going to open it up. And, and a six ten wingspan at a shooting guard? Are you kidding me? That's that's a big I mean, that's this, a big this deal. This sounds like a really good like. Why is he not higher? Number eighteen. Because he can't shoot. That's the only thing. Nobody wants to take a chance Fuck, on him because he, like, he can't Jordan shoot. Jordan couldn't shoot, and he fucking you know what I'm saying. But but I mean, you know you got. I mean, how many of these guys who who can shoot from anywhere, and you got you know it, it. That's what the NBA is becoming is a shooting league. I mean, look at look at Golden State. How many of the guys that they have on the court that were relevant that could shoot the three ball? Almost every one of them. But you can you can teach that in a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, PG can. And that's why that's shoot. why. That's PG couldn't shoot when he came in the league. That's why the Pacers are going to take a shot on him at the number 18. I hope he's around because he sounds like an amazing player that I would love to see play on the Pacers. I tell you what, if he's around and, and you see him go up on the board for the Pacers, you need to be excited for Pacers basketball because watching him, he's a hell of a basketball player. I thought he was coming out last year. Honestly, I, I thought he was going to go into the draft last year. And then this year, when, when whenever he declared, I was like, this dude's ready. Now, could he have learned and developed a little bit more under Patino and maybe went higher next year? Probably. But Louisville's under is, a lot. Is, they're under. Is, they're yeah, Patino even going to be around next, to coach him next year. Exactly. The whole season. And they're under a microscope. Any little thing that pops up. Uh, I mean, I, they haven't, haven't even leave, leave. right, and and they haven't even one hundred percent got their punishment from the NCAA yet. I mean, they could yeah. get they could get banned again. Yeah, I mean, they could be like yeah. Miami, like yeah. you know so, Miami football. Yeah, so the dude Miami football. leaving this year was probably a smart move. Yeah, because like Miami football, they they um. You know, they they vacated championship games for like three years in a row for the ACC championship and stuff like that. Going, hey, you know, we're hurting ourselves, we're hurting ourselves, we're hurting ourselves, and they and they were like, oh, you're done. <laughs> you know, <for> a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you know, yeah, we don't care that you did that stuff. You know, right? and that could that could very well happen to Louisville, right? Right, which would be and, sad and, to see because mm-hmm. Rick Pitino. You know, I, I grew up watching Rick Pitino coach. At multiple different places, you know, was it Providence and Kentucky, and then um, Louisville, and then and then he went to the NBA for a minute. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to yeah, the NBA and then he came, and then he came back down to Louisville and pissed everybody in Kentucky off. <laughs> I respect um, him for that, man. I love pissing Kentucky fans off. But, but uh, that'd be a big black eye to Patino's career. Yeah. For something that he probably had nothing to do with. Like, I well, know he's not out there. I, I think he's what not there happened, going. I think what had happened was he put a guy he thought he could trust in charge 
and said, listen, do what you got to do to get these guys on campus. And yeah, and do what you got to do. It's like, do what you got to right. do. And I think within the I rules. Think what, right. Yeah, what skirt him a little impl- bit. Like what, what his, his, what he was implying was, do what you got to do within the rules to get these guys on campus. Yeah. Skirt and, him a little bit because everybody does. Right. And the dude took it as, ah, oh, shit. I got to get these guys on campus. And he took it too far. And people, say that, you know, like they all said, there's no way that he didn't know what went on in that dorm. No, yes, he is an old man. He probably goes to bed at 8 (laughs) o'clock. And when he goes to bed, when when granddad goes to bed, you go raid his liquor cabinet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Damn right. First you there? (laughs) When grandma goes to bed, raid that liquor cabinet, man. When Grandma goes to bed, we were, what, 10 or 11. When Grandma went to bed, we are out there throwing water balloons at cars on the highway. Oh, yeah. Chase hey, Steven, you I know. know and then, and then the, uh, the the cops show up because we hit a cop car with a water balloon. What did Grandma do? Woke up and was like, oh, no, we're ain't nobody here. <laughs> As we're hiding downstairs in the basement. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so Grandpa... Uh, we want to call Rick Pitino right now. Yeah, yeah. when he I'm goes, sure to he bed. was like, he was like, well, fuck, I got to cover this up somehow. Yeah, oh, like, he was there, was he? No, what? he's talking about Rick Pitino and the prostitutes. Oh, you missed the you. analogy part. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought you, you just got waiting. back from dinner, man. What are you doing eating right now? I'm eating my uh, bang bang shrimp taco. Where'd you guys Where'd go? Um, bonefish. Ah, oh. I love their bang bang shrimp. Bonefish is good stuff. Yeah. We had the bang bang shrimp uh, appetizer, and it was so good, I got the bang bang shrimp tacos. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's, uh, it's bonefish, not a sponsor. No. <laughs> Neither is ESPN, HBO, or Fox Sports. No. Yeah, right. It is. Or UFC. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Uh, Next week, we got a big announcement. (laughs) Do you guys want to talk any more about the draft, or you want to move on to the the third point with the the college football player getting banned from YouTube? Let's hear that, because I haven't heard anything about that yet. All right. right. You want to read the article real quick a little bit? Um, I'll research it while you're talking about it. Okay. I was I thought okay. to, to to bring it out. You want right. to kind of like uh, highlight the uh, what does uh, Teabag want to highlight the article a little bit on the uh, thing? All right. So another article um, off Bleacher Report, David Gardner. Um, it, it's it's a long, it's a lengthy article, but I'll I'll read the the first couple paragraphs and then we'll kind of talk about it. Uh, for most of his life, Donald D. La Hay, which I've never heard of, has the most joy in two places, on the field and in front of a camera. And for the most part uh, of his life, these two passions have lived in perfect harmony. But now he may be forced to make a choice. On Friday, in a meeting with the UCF compl- uh, compliance officer, he learned that uh, 
continuing to earn money off his popular YouTube channel could cost him his athletic scholarship and his place as a kicker on the UCS football team. Uh, there's some bylaws, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but <clears throat> they said that, uh, that half of De La Haye's destroying channel videos touch on the topics of kicking or campus life. And he goes on to say that he feels like he is owned by the NCAA. And he goes on to rant about how uh, they make millions off of his likeness and, and his athletic ability. And granted, he's a kicker. So it's not like they're making millions of dollars off of him. <laughs> but um, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we went on air perk, and he doesn't have sponsorships per se, but he has YouTube royalties, which are YouTube pays him uh, per viewer, viewer that he gets. And it's like... One dollar per one hundred thousand views that he gets. So let's say he posts a video, hypothetically, of them of him doing a live broadcast at a gender reveal party. If that brings in a hundred thousand views, he gets a dollar. If it brings in two hundred thousand views, he gets two dollars. So it's not like he's fucking. Making millions, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So, like to so get, what to I was get reading that many that. views is. In one of the other articles I was reading, they were they were saying it might have even been that article. I don't remember. I I read a couple, but uh, it was saying he could be making anywhere from like a hundred dollars to like fifteen hundred dollars a month, right? Depending on his, depending on what, because they didn't know their the actual royalties he was getting from YouTube or whatever. But so, but I, mean, I think fifteen hundred dollars a month is nothing, right? Like, and, and I think what, to be honest, I I know this generation because I've coached them for a couple of years, and you probably know this generation because you have a high schooler. But this well, generation I, of kids, I, and I deal with I deal with sixteen, seventeen, well, I deal with seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds. Right. Every this day generation of kids, they're not worried about how much money they're going to make off of these videos. They are more worried about how many views they have. And likes and dislikes. Right. (laughs) If you told this kid, hey, just ditch your sponsorship where you're making your $100 to $1,500 a month off of this, he would have been like, okay. Well, $1,500 in college is a lot of money. It is, but... Honestly, if if you told this kid, listen, you can still do your YouTube your YouTube shit, you just can't make any money off of it. He'd been like, okay, I think I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid too, but I because because I mean, you can go and as long as you're on the payroll, like how many of these colleges for football for real good football players, not kickers, um. These kids Working have McDonald's. a job. Will have a job right. at the local car dealership, oh, where yeah. they only work like they only show up like once a week and work like five hours, but get right. paid for like forty hours of work. You know, well, and stuff like that. Like, and that's in, allowed. In that article, what they said was the reason that this is different 
is because that they're saying that he got more viewers because he goes to college at UCF. That's, like those that's guys didn't the, get those jobs because they go to college exactly. at Alabama or Ohio State? I 100% agree with you. But They didn't get that $1,000 tattoo because <laughs> they went to Ohio State? Right. You know, I'm mean, like, come on now, like. Perk, this what is kind of job petty. did you? What kind of what kind of job did you get because you were a uh, uh, basketball slash soccer player in college? Um, nothing. He was chasing uh, tail. That's why I'll never <laughs> push it on my kids. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, to, to be honest with you, like, I, I don't want to make Perk's head big, but at our high school, he was one of the elite soccer players. He was. And, and if nothing more, a very good basketball player. He was an elite soccer player and a very good basketball player. And like he's saying, he went and played, what, D, was it three? Yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. had he had scholarship so, offers at D one. Right. So, but at the same time, like he's saying, he he didn't make millions off of it. So, or even hundreds or thousands off of it. So to, you know, push your kids at a young age, I get it. You know, I see why you stand behind that. Um, but at the same time, you had an experience that nobody can take away from you. And you got to play right. as a co- as there, a college there's athlete. A, there's a fine line though in in having an experience and having it the right way. You know, like I and didn't you have did it. A, the right you way. did it. You, what do you mean you didn't have it the right way? I didn't have Elaborate. the right way. Is it, it's exactly the point you're talking about. I went into it not giving a damn about the school part of it and just going to play those sports. And that's where my issue fell in line because I was always able to get by in high school, you know. In college, it's a different ball game. If you don't go and do it for the schooling and the sport, then that's where you're going to have trouble. Okay, I thought you were referring to like the the training process as no. you do it the right way. I was going to no. say, if anything, I think you did the training process prior to the right way. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the work you put in was all on you. Like, you were never pressured by an outside source saying, no. you have to go to the gym. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought yes. you were going to say. No, 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 no. You did it because you wanted it. Yeah. Right. Oh, I did that's... it every day because I wanted it. Right. So but, you um... you just went a different direction with that than what I thought you were going to go. <laughs> Yeah, I just no. I just feel just, with this that's kid, what man. I meant by doing it the right way. Like like know, doing it for the college about, to be not, a college athlete. Right. Not every kid you gotta, is you gotta, you gotta go pro and you're, not gonna make money off of it. it. So you gotta go into it with looking at both aspects of it. Right. You're a you're you. a student athlete. Student first, athlete second. Where right. you know, some of these schools sometimes it's athlete first, student second. You know, uh, we had we had a problem here. Uh, two years ago, I want to say, here in Jacksonville, Florida, where the Jacksonville University football coach, you know, he'd been doing good. 
they're I think D two for for that. They're D one for almost everything else, but they're D two for college football. But you know, and uh, they were doing really good and all this stuff. And the coach is considered one of the best coaches in in college football. And you know, he was like, "Hey, take this to the next step. We got to go." You know, to get the good players, we got to we got to go a little different aspect on it. You know, like the big programs do. And the college said, "No, if that's your thought process, you're out." And he got fired. And they were like, "We are we are strictly to where you're a student first, you're an athlete second. So their program took a big dip because they want to be that way. Unlike the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the USC's, you know, and stuff like that, where you, know, you can get by just getting your 2.5 grade point average, and you know, and you have all the help in the world when you come to when you come, you know, you have all you have. I don't know how many people at those schools helping you make sure you're making it to class on time, making sure you're making the right grades, just to stay eligible. Where at this school they were like, no. You're you're going to be a student first, where your your grades are going to be a lot higher, and then you're going to go down. And, but I think it's just you know you got to you got to, and that's the whole thing I don't like about the whole hey college players, you're getting paid as a college player, you're getting a free education, you're getting paid. No, I'm still paying for my college education. You're getting paid. You don't realize it because you're not getting the cash in your bank account, but you're getting paid forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, at some of these schools to go there, and yeah, you're working your butt off to be a, an athlete, but that's that's what you're doing to not have to right. pay student loans, right? For so you retire, until you retire. You gotta work your butt off at a job to make money. Yeah, because I'm working my ass off right now to pay off my student loans. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Like, I'm like, That's luckily, exactly no, right. And and they don't they don't understand. And it, I don't know if it's just something to do with this this generation, the millennial generation. Um, they they don't realize that they're getting. Yeah, the NCAA is going to make their money off of you. The college is going to make its money off of you. But you're making something, and if you don't go through that, with it, money also affords you a one like a five star facility with practices, practices and a workout facility, workout facility, hot tub, whirlpools, sauna. You know what I mean? Like uh, training. The best meals, coaches, a place to the live. Best, the best coaches that you, the best coaches Travel. you can get, so you can get a, You know they don't they don't see all the money that's going into that like. You think you know, all like, those so, all those tickets to Hawaii to Maui Invitational, you think that's cheap? Dude, that's I mean, can you think about that? Like right how now, many people I can have to right pay now, to go to Hawaii. To, my round trip ticket to Hawaii, if I wanted to go pay for it and fly with Delta, because I like Delta more than I like most of the other ones. Because they but it's a twelve hundred dollar ticket from here in Jacksonville. It's almost twelve. Multiply uh, that by about what, thirty? Well, you know, like, look, Michigan just went to Rome for their spring training, right? 
and they stayed in hotels there. And the Michigan football team, you're talking 100 kids. You're talking round-trip tickets to Rome. You're talking two grand each kid. You're talking they were there like 10 days, so you're, and you're talking at least $100 a day for a, a hotel. You know what I'm saying? So there's another, yeah. you know, thousand dollars on it. But you're talking five thousand dollars per player for a hundred players easily. And that's not talking the food and the getting around and the touring that you were doing and all the other stuff. You know, so you're hey, talking. Uh, not to cut this topic off, but if shit goes down and y'all don't hear from me in a few minutes. That's because there's a guy walking through. I'm going to say this loud enough to where you can hear me. But there's a dude walking through these unbuilt houses with a uh, flashlight at 1130 at night. And I don't know if he knows this or not, but I've got a pistol on my back. And you tell him you're talking to your neighbors too, right? Who got pistols? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on my phone with my neighbors here. Uh, the light just went out. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that. not to... You need to fire a warning shot? No shit. Just shoot it around real quick, man. I know in Jacksonville I'm allowed to do that. But, uh, no, I really do have my pistol on my back, though, so... I don't have any pistols left anymore. They're off in <laughs> Indiana. But, uh, yeah, not to cut you guys off the topic, but... No, I, I 100% agree with, with everything you're saying there, Officer uh, RP3. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> was was that a officer. warning? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <clears throat> but, um, you know, with all that being said, that you guys were talking about, and how they are paid in a way, do, should they still eliminate them from making money on their own, though? I mean, no, this they're, is a, this is a different jobs. day. This is a different day and age, and I know, like this they're allowed, dude. They're allowed to have this jobs, dude. Man. This dude had these videos on his YouTube, and once he got to college and he learned, like it says this in that article, like he learned some marketing techniques and strategies from his classes, and he went back and applied them to these videos that he had saved in his library from like years ago. He's doing and what he's doing. He's what supposed to be a doing. college is what a college is supposed to be teaching. Be an entrepreneur if that's what he's I mean, right. marketing. What? I, you know, I I agree with that. I think that's that this showing. Kid that's showing that he's not going to punished. class. He's learning. He's he's going to class. He's learning. He's doing the things that a student's supposed to be a student athlete is supposed to be exactly. doing exactly. And it, putting and, it in place and using YouTube is no different than if a kid. Went to like, you know, and made NBC a video game. Studios. No, it went to NBC Studios and said, "Hey, listen, I want to do an internship here and get my name out there." And they're like, "Well, okay, we'll pay you, you know, five dollars an hour, or ten dollars an hour, or whatever it is, and work for them in his career." It's 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 mind boggling and to me stupid. It's yeah. old people stuck in an old way because they don't understand the internet and YouTube and all the uh, all the abilities you have on the internet. I mean, it's not that, like the kid's going out there and mode. signing autographs and selling his autographs. 
You know, yeah, he's not. He's honestly, he's not selling his jerseys. He's not doing right. You know, he's not doing. He's not. He's not taking away from the game of football at all. Right. He's he's doing something that he enjoys doing, and he can make a few bucks at it. And, and he's giving that money back to his family, who's right in a shitty he's fucking struggling. country. And well, Costa Rica, and like is that right? Said, is, yeah, is that right, Costa Rica. Somewhere like that. And like he said, though, it's, he knows that he's not going to go make millions in the NFL. So, like, he's kind of at a at a turning point in his career where it's like, do I give up football? Do I give and, up a once-in-a-lifetime experience of being a football player? Yeah, being a football player at the University of Central Florida. It's, it's cool. You might, you know, it's cool. You might get a bowl game. You know, and, and it's, it's like cool. what we it's said with a lifetime. Perk. You know, it's like what we said with Park. Park got a once in a lifetime opportunity to go play D three soccer and basketball. Would he give it up if somebody said, "Hey, you could make money right now"? Hell yeah, he would. Well, it depends on the money, in my opinion. But like, this kid didn't go into this going, "I want to make money." He went into right. it making the videos for fun. And but he knows that he can make money right now, and he knows and that making, he will not make money if he fulfills his football career. Like, he knows that. Just, he's coming to realization with that. Like, I'm not going to NCAA is stupid. NCAA is stupid. Yeah, I agree stupid. with that. Um, I mean, at some aspects. At some aspects. You know, I don't think they're the greatest governing body you could have. I mean, some of the stuff I I like. I think that they have 100-year-old ideas with 70-year-old guys in a millennial uh, world. In a technology world. Right, which is the millennial world. Yeah. So the 100-year-old ideas with 70-year-old guys in a 20-something world is not cutting it. I and mean, they don't understand you are dealing they, they with... They don't even have the ability to understand it or fathom You're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds, and you're telling them they can't do something that they've grown up doing Yeah, pretty much I mean, their entire life. Right. My oldest was on YouTube a couple years ago, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing, boy? Get off that shit. You know? Like, <laughs> like No. He was putting videos on, like, and I just happened to find them, you know, like in my weekly search of, you know, all their all this crap. His name, <laughs> you know. I'm gonna well, I'm well, gonna Google your name every day for the rest of your life, and if shit comes up, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, through his phone, through this and that, and just things that he, you know, and he thinks I'm stupid, but I do know the technology thing a little bit better than he does, as of right now. Um, but, uh, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, you can't have that on YouTube, bro. Like, get it off. <laughs> like, you can't put shit on YouTube of uh, people if they don't know they're on YouTube. You can't do it. <laughs> you know, but anyway, I mean, that's just things they could do, you know? He was kind of daring right. to it, and it started his, started a channel on YouTube. I'm like, what the? i like, Get on right now. Delete it all. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, 
it's just the way of life of these kids, and it's just technology now and everything else that these guys can't even fathom because they don't understand it at all. And right. It's stupid. There, I, what law is he breaking in NCAA? Like, well, what's making like, money? What they, but you're they, no, no, no. They said it. Yeah, they said it was a, a bylaw. They said it was a bylaw because he was making money off of being a college athlete. Because he's talking about because he's talking about college life and things that he's learned as a kicker. Gives a shit. I didn't hear what you said, man. I heard uh, yeah. something like a bar or something. Sound like wrestling. Oh, I didn't really hear. Park, say it again. Right. Who gives a shit? I mean, honestly, if the dude's gonna make money, like, why does NCAA care? I mean, I understand it opens a whole can of worms, but but it's not like know. he's making money off the program, right? You know, and if anything, he's making money off of. If anything, he's making money off of the university's teaching abilities because he was using his marketing skills that he learned in one of his classes. Mm-hmm. Like that, if nothing else, that promotes your marketing program. You would think UCF will come to his back because of, like, look, this guy is taking what we've taught and he's implementing it and becoming an entrepreneur. You know, he's taking everything that we're supposed to represent at a higher learning facility. Right. He He's a, he's actually going to classes. <laughs> yeah. He, he goes to classes. He's showing that he's learning in these classes. And then he's making an impact with someone somewhere because, you know, a bunch of people are watching it. And, and you, know, you know, if he's and, not, if he's not a student athlete and he's just a student in that situation... He's being, like, glorified at his school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to get like, the oh, uh, hey, technology award for our own, you know. Right. Exactly. You know, it's just exactly. it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thought process in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Almost stupid. like the ridiculous thought process of the fifth grader making a scholarship. Ooh, look at that. Football. Look at that transition. <laughs> and that and that brings us you're getting good at these transitions just like I am. And that brings us into are you down with RP three? Yeah, you know Me. You, you yeah, I was gonna say you're supposed to say me either. I did say it. <laughs> <laughs> just, but anyway. Alright. So I don't know so, if everybody's seen or heard yet. But at the University of Hawaii, their their head football coach, I, I don't know his name because it's how relevant University of Hawaii is. Um, but he has just offered a fifth grader, you know, so a ten year old, maybe eleven. Yeah, he's he's eleven. Uh, a scholarship to play football at the University of Hawaii by watching him play at flag football. All right. Not even real so, football. He, to start with, 
I teach fourth grade. I'm about to, and I'm looping up with my kids, so I will be teaching fifth grade next year. For first of all, first problem I have with this: the kid's eleven and has a Twitter account. <laughs> I have yeah, a problem with did that. Did you see the Twitter account? I mean, his Twitter account <laughs> when it, it, it said it, and then his yeah. dad was like, "Yeah." He see the coach sees the way he walks, right? And he just has that 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 above average, you know, walk about himself. You know that yeah. I'm a so, baller. So that, I'm awesome. So that's one problem I have with this. Eleven year olds shouldn't be on Twitter. Uh, when I was coaching freshmen, I, I didn't even put them on Twitter. I didn't even acknowledge that they needed to have a Twitter until after they were. Uh, finished with their freshman year and going into sophomore year. Uh, but <clears throat> anyway, that's point number one I have a problem with. 11-year-olds on Twitter, no. Get them off there. Um, My 11-year-old don't second, have a phone. Right. Second thing I have a problem with, he's a younger brother of a linebacker. He's a younger brother of a linebacker. So he... He clearly linebackers don't have the skill set that a quarterback does, right? You agree with yeah. that? Oh yeah. <laughs> so this kid who is eleven, they're putting him at quarterback probably because he's the tallest, quickest kid they have, and they're putting him because, at quarterback because at eleven years old. And I'm, I'm going to go into this real quick. And I watch it all the time in, in, in soccer is a lot of these coaches that are win-now coaches and not developmental coaches will go out and get these kids. Because if you think about 10 to 16 years old, every kid hits his growth spurt at a different time. Exactly. I mean, you we know? talked about so, Oladipo earlier. Like he could have hit his yeah. maturity growth spurt a little later. So it's easy to win when you're young if a, if you go and grab a bunch of kids to hit their growth spurt early or, or starting their growth spurt early. And they just have, at the time, which the kid you got is, playing center in seventh grade isn't going to be your center when you're in high school because he's going to be your guard. And he doesn't have to Yeah, exactly. Because he's developing. I mean, you can look at Tyler Zeller. You know, if you want to look at that, like Tyler Zeller played guard until what his junior year, and all of a sudden shot up, and it was in a being a center. Uh, you know? I don't know if he was a guard. He was always the forward center. He was always the tallest guy. Uh, I know. I know they were talking about, that, but I mean, he was always small. That's why he had such a shitty fucking power game. Um, but anyways, but you see that, and then all of a sudden, when these kids get to 16, 17 years old, now that kid that was awesome for the last five years because he was just bigger and stronger than everybody, and now everybody caught up to him. Well, he was able to do everything because he was bigger and stronger than everybody, and all these other littler kids, they had to work on their footwork. They had to work on their all their all the other little aspects of whatever game they were playing and be and work harder just to be competitive against that kid. And now all of a sudden they're the same size as that kid and they have all that shit they worked on when they were littler because they had to, to get that way. And that kid didn't have to do anything because he just relied on athleticism. 
And then right. he goes to the wayside because these kids now are the same. They're the same. They're just as fast. They're just as big. They're just as strong. And they have better ball handle skills, whether it's soccer, well, basketball, or football. Let me ask you this, and, and I don't know the answer to this, so maybe one of you two do. Verbal commitments it, or verbal offers. First of all, I know in basketball may be different from football. But I know that yeah. basketball coaches are not allowed to physically talk to uh, athletes during a certain period until their sophomores in high school. So with that being said, I, I don't know the whole verbal commitment ordeal. If a coach verbally offers you a scholarship, what what's the revoking process? Like can like does it? I mean, is well, it pretty much just a novelty thing? Yeah, I don't you're think you can do verbal. shit until it's signed on the dotted line, can you? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's verbal, pretty much a novelty thing, right? Yeah, I mean, because who's to say this coach is he's even going to be around in seven, in seven years. years? Right. So I mean, honestly, right. to me, like like a coach could come out and say. Listen, I see Noah shooting baskets in your backyard. Like, I'm going to – we want him to play for, you know, IU. The place I see it the there. most, the place I see it the most, and it might just because I, I you know, I coach soccer and stuff, but in, in girls and women or girls soccer, because it's girls soccer where they're getting picked up. But these girls are committing. And coaches are hitting them at their freshman year. Now, committing and offering are, are, are two different it's things. It's both. Now. It's both. Like, it's both. It's like they're getting offered and they're committing at their freshman year. These girls, and they, like, like Florida, because Florida has a great college uh, women's soccer league team and stuff like that. And uh, they come up here in, to northeast Florida and they'll, they'll grab these girls up. But what these girls don't realize is like they yeah they're committing into freshman year, but their senior year if they're not doing good, that college gets rid of that scholarship they they offered. Right. Until you sign you that know. letter. Until you sign the letter, that of, letter intent. of intent. Yeah. And, and that's I, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, is, is this more of a a novelty thing? And and uh, let's make this kid feel special. I mean, because he is a Hawaii kid, and, and I know like the. The coach said, let's try. We're trying to keep our nose to the grind. Right. Football football in Hawaii, it's big like Texas style. Like, I mean, it's big. It's a big thing. Like, everybody goes to, like, all the high school games. I mean, it's it's huge out there. I hear about it all the time when I'm out there. I'm like, I don't care. It's high school football. (laughs) Right. No, it's flag Mm -hmm. football. Middle or elementary school. Yeah, exactly. Kids play. Right. So, so what you're saying is, you when you're out there on Thursday nights, you're not rushing to go see your local elementary school play flag football. <laughs> no, no, I will go. I do go. I do go to the sports, the soccer complex, and watch some watch some of the guys coach at the age groups of my kids, so I can kind of you know do my recruiting my you know, scouting of 
all right, well, what club would I want? Because I don't, you know, that's one of the things a lot of people get built, bent into in this uh, youth sports altogether. They get dead set on a club or, you know, right. like whatever, and they're like, well, this club's the greatest. You know, well, the club might be good in two age groups. And they might have the best coaches in two age groups. Yeah, this this kind of reminds me of a conversation you and I had off air one time. But you know, you gotta you gotta um, you know these parents need to do their due diligence, and if they think their kid's going to be great, or they think their kid's going to be good enough to do something, or or just to do their due diligence to their kid who wants to be great, even if he doesn't have the ability that you think. Because you can't you can't judge it on your own. Um, right. Uh, but you know if that's what he wants or the kid wants, you know you have to do your due diligence as a parent to follow and to scout these coaches because these coaches are such coaches have such an impact on a child's life, whether the child's seventeen or the child's nine. You know they have such an impact on their life. That you need, you need to look into it, and you need to go out and go. I'm not going for the club and the mystique and the, their winning percentages and this and that. You need to go out and go look at that coach and watch him coach. Well, you need to and, watch him coach t- at a game. You need to watch him coach in practice. I, I, just, I love what is you're that saying what I want? there. I love what you're saying there, and I've been on both sides of. The spectrum, you know, like high school coach, AAU coach. And I will tell you this, and it could have just been the area that I was in and the kids that I had, but the parent involvement was three folds over with my AAU kids just because, well, in my opinion, it's just because they know Listen, we're putting money up for this. Oh, shit, I lost my phone. They know that we're putting money up for this, and they know that this is the path that that is going to get their kid into college, whether it's NAIA, D3, JUCO, D2, D1, whatever yeah. it is. And, and you, like you're saying, club soccer is the same way. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's no AAU. There's no AAU soccer circuit. It's club soccer. The it's, problem with soccer is it just doesn't. It's not as organized. I want to say as AAU basketball. Well, they need someone or some people to to start that. Yeah, and I think, and, Southern, and, and I think Southern Indiana would be a perfect spot for that. We will. We we hopefully in three <laughs> to five years we'll be getting that going. To where I'm going, you know, I want to, I want to make sure because, like, I don't, I don't come a full circle. I won't. Perk, if you would have, if you would have, if you would have stayed on with us the other night, you would have heard this conversation. I think we had this exact conversation. I did. I know you said talked about it. Oh, you weren't on. We talked about it. I thought you. No, he he was on it for a little. He was on it for a while. Yeah, but no. So like. Like my my younger boy, who's you know I ain't I ain't gonna say he's the greatest you know because he's not, but he's got a lot of speed. He's got 
really good, not great. He's got really good ball skills as a soccer player. And he's got a decent mind soccer wise at 11, at 10 years old. Like he knows to pass. He knows to make the assist. Like that's one of the things he looks for is the assist. Like the goals are good, but the assist is better. Setting up the goals better. And he knows those little things, but I won't coach him anymore. Even my oldest, I won't coach him anymore because I want them to learn different styles of coaching. Because if you come up learning my style or one specific style of coaching, whether it be basketball, football, or soccer, or lacrosse, you're pigeonholed. You know what I'm saying? So you might go to a team to where last year you were the best player on your team. But this year, you know, I'm putting you in a different, I'm putting you in a different club, a different coach, a different everything. Cause I want you to learn and work your way back up, you know, and learn a different style. Cause the more styles you can learn, the better overall soccer player you can be or football player or whatever. Um, because you don't want to get pigeonholed. One, two, like my oldest, and you know, and and because he got put in a very high team that finished in the top eight of the, in the state of Florida in soccer, and he wasn't the best player on the team. But because of that, I think it was better for him because he got to play because the coach, because the style that coach taught which I didn't agree with very well, but I, I went along with it because I didn't do my research. I was stupid at the time. And I kind of got screwed over because I signed up for a, one coach and then they changed the coach like three weeks later. So I kind of got screwed into the coach, but I let it go. But because of that, he got to play every position. You know what I'm saying? So he... He learned how to be a great, almost like in baseball, Chase Utley, a great utility player. He can play everything. He's not great at, a, at any position, but he's able to play every position. You know what I'm saying? And do whatever he could do. Because at first, the coach was like, well, you're a defender. Da, 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 da. And he went up to the coach like a week later because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. He's like, look, coach, I'll play wherever you want me to play. I was, he's like, I'll play wherever. Smart kid. I'll play my, I'll play my balls off for you. I might not be the best player at that position, but I'm going to play my balls off for you, and I'm going to try to do the best that I can do. Whether it's two minutes of this position, and then you throw me to another position, or you, and then you throw me to another, and just to give kids ability to spell who are better than me at those positions, I'll do that. And it was hard on him. Like, he was doing it, and, it was, and he would come home frustrated. And I'd be like, look, buddy, you're getting better. You're getting better at all these different positions. You're doing good. You're doing a good job. You know, like, you know, you're not, you're not the star like you were last year. You're just, you know, but, but you're playing a role, a role that needs played. And you're learning so much more. Those kids are getting stuck in their positions. Cause, you know, you're not, you know, if you're, if you only know how to play a left wing in, in soccer, or a shooting guard in basketball, or, you know what I'm saying? And it, 
There's right. always going to be somebody better than you. Right, but and you somebody can, that can take your spot. Yeah, but if you can play them all and you can play them all decent, at least you know how to play the game. And your smarts will be about you. Your your field awareness, your ability to understand the game is a lot better and a lot greater. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I've always – there's arguments out there that say, you know, some of the best basketball players, it doesn't matter what position you – you put them at, no matter what their size is, they can mm-hmm. they can defend they can defend whomever, and they can they can fulfill whatever role. And you know, I I one hundred percent believe that as a basketball coach. Like if I if we are playing a team and <clears throat> we're un, that, that we're undersized, and I need a scrappy defensive player, I put you in at center. I expect you to go in and, and fulfill a role to to be a scrappy defensive yeah. player on what it, just sit in there and bang on him. Just sit there and right. bang on him a little bit. You might be a smaller, but bang on him. Right. Make him get frustrated. Make him make a mistake. That's all. And, That's all you want at that point. You just want that big guy to, to make a mistake. To be honest with you, some of my best games as a as a coach. I put one of my smallest – I wouldn't say smallest, but I put an, an, a, probably a small forward shooting guard on a center and just told him when he puts the ball on the deck, guard him like, he's a, like he, he doesn't know how to dribble. And those guys will go in there because what's one of the first moves that a center wants to do? A center wants to put the ball on the floor and then make the and move. Turn. And turn. Yeah, and then turn. Exactly. So I told him, I was like, listen, I know you're going to be smaller than this guy, but you're quicker. So when the dude puts the ball on the floor, go for the steal. That kid has he doesn't have a sky hook. Yeah, yeah, he don't have a three-inch sky hook. So right, you he know, he's going to put the ball on the ground. It, it took the kid, it took this big dude, this center, who was probably 6'9", against a kid who was 5'10". It, it took him 12 times to figure out, well, shit, every time I try to back him down and I go for that power dribble before I do my move, he's stealing it. And mm-hmm. like, like I said, it, that's that's a difference between a, a smart coach and, and a not-so-smart coach. And, and it makes a big difference at the club level, especially club level, AAU level, because they're all, they're all out there for exposure and experience. I, I tell my kids this every game. You guys are out here for three reasons. You guys are out here to get experience, to get exposure, and to have a good time. And if you're not have doing fun. those three things. That's got to be one of the right. threes, yeah. <clears throat> and I said, if you guys are not doing those three things, then you're playing for the wrong coach. You know, and, and like I and coach I, my kids. I coach my kids when I coach soccer. You know, like when I'm in this, when I'm in a tournament, you know, and, you know, and I like to, you know, I think I touched base about this a couple episodes ago or last episode or sometime. I like to be more of a developmental coach, so I'm more of a younger coach. You know, that, that 12, 13, 11, 14-year-old age group. Right. <clears throat> you know, um, so so I put my games on the regular season. They're, they're basically a test for my practices for the week before. Unless we go to tournaments. When we go to tournaments... It's it's a 
it's a, hey, this is win or nothing, you know, like, that's why we're here. So this is your position, this is your position, this is your position, and that's what you're going to play because that's what I feel you're the best at. Unless shit gets, you know, crazy. But, um, uh, and they'll come up to me in a, in a tight game. You know, my, my left defensive back will come up to me and be like, oh, I want to play right forward. Can I play right forward? I'm like, no. You want to play right forward? Well, you better put the work in on the off season. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not a right forward. You have no, like, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than a kid asking to play. Or where yeah, you like, play? Or where am I going? Drives me nuts. No, no, I don't mind you asking to play. That's like my number one rule. But when you ask me to play in a position, that's where I get upset. Like, no. Like, play? Yes. I, you know, I'll work you in if I can get the chance. I like, but, you know, this all depends on. And I had this talk with my oldest, his seventh grade year in, um, in middle school soccer. I was watching a the game. They're in a game, you know, they're losing two to one, I think. And they were put a lot of pressure on them towards the end of the game, you know, with like 10 to 15 minutes left in the game. And a game they should not even be in. And, uh, and they, so they, um, and then all of a sudden, at five minutes left, and the, the team that they had, he was playing left. He was playing left defensive back, right, or you know, left fullback. And uh, their whole game, the other team's whole game, was to bring it on the right side, which is the left side of your offense, of your defense, right. And he was stopping them. You know, every other team they had been smashing left and right by doing this, and Dylan was stopping them, right. At five minutes left, he comes out of the game. And I'm over on the sideline, like, on the, the parents' sideline watching, like, what's that? He must have got hurt. And at the end of the game, I went, you know, I was like, hey, man, why'd you come out? Just asking. I mean, because you were stopping everything. Why'd you come out? Like, well, I just felt, you know, the other kid needed, some, other, some of the other kids needed a chance to play. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> you ended up losing six to one. Because they scored five goals or four goals coming down the right side that you were supposed to be defending, but you decided to come out to let another kid play, and they scored four goals because you weren't there, and they put up somebody that wasn't as good as you in. And so you your guys kid lost. Was point shaving. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, my kid was throwing a game. You know, like, like what the hell? You know, but you know, and I had to, I had to explain it to him because he was kind of just like. Well, they wanted to play too, and I'm like, look, buddy, like at this le- at this level, you only have three. You know, like that doesn't like if they want to play, they need to show that in practice. You know, because otherwise they're not going to. You know, they need to show that at some point. Otherwise, they're not going to play. You don't just go, hey, it's time for him to play, especially in a game critical right. moment. You know, right? You know, like if you guys are getting smashed six to five. Six to one, you know, like okay, cool. Let this let these other guys come in, you know, because we're not you're up back. six to one. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's something like that. Those but, are the game. Those are the games your buddies play. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take that away, bud. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, now he's he's gotten that. You know, he understands that now. But 
Right. And I was just like, I love the, I love your sportsmanship. I love your, you know, friendliness of your teammates and all that other stuff. I'm like, I love it. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, but that is not the time to put that in. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, okay, so, Dad, I got you. Would you say that they were maybe ranked top ten? In in their league, who's that? Your kids. When, like when they were playing. Just, I mean, it depends. I mean, because they play like Dylan. He plays so on top ten. Like, he plays on four different teams. So um, we'll say top ten. Because he plays on his so high school team, and he plays on his junior high team, and then he plays on. It, the number one team for the club, and he plays on their number two team also. Because um, on the number one team, like I said, he he's kind of a utility player. He plays, you know, 20 minutes a game. Where they need him. You know, when they need him, yeah. where they need him. And then he goes to the number two team, and he's the best player on the team. So it's like, okay. Right. Like, you have this, but he's he's afraid on the number one team. He's afraid to get yelled at for making a uh, uh a mistake. He needs that. He needs that confidence. Yeah. So when he jumps down to the number two team, they're like, they're like, oh man, we got Dylan today. We're going to be great. And then he goes to the number one team. They're like, oh man, we're not passing to Dylan. He's going to mess up because he's so afraid to mess up that he messes up. Right. And I'm like, dude, you just gotta, you just gotta forget all that and just play the game. I'm like, you know how to play this game. Just play your game and have fun. You right. know. But his coach, his coach is an you know, back to better words, like I said earlier about um, Floyd Mayweather. He's an asshole. He's an old English dude that is set in his ways, and he's an asshole. You know, Jackson on the other hand, you know, Jackson's really good, but, you know, he's a little undersized. So, you know, he played on the number one team and the number two team for his club. And uh, he didn't play a lot on the number one team because of uh, – he wasn't big enough and strong enough for that coach. That coach basically put out a, a football team to play soccer. Where oh, whenever wow. whenever whenever Jackson played, you know he'd play like ten minutes in a game on the number one team, and he and every game he played, he was at least had an assist or a goal. Nice. But he wouldn't. But he wouldn't get any time. But he wouldn't get any time because he wasn't. Because the coach just had his mind set up that he wasn't big enough and strong enough. But you but he had saying? the skill set. But he had the skill set and he had the, and he had the speed. So when he right. went down to the number two team, he was he was the all star man. He was. I mean, he was. He didn't score a lot of goals, which I you know it's not his style. His style is not scoring goals. His style his style is. Hey, I'm gonna put it right in front of the net for you to just touch it, and it goes in. And uh, and he did it all the time, you know. Yeah. But you know. Well. But anyway, oh. it is what it is, you know. But I want, you know, like I was saying, or like what I was getting into was more of, you know, parents need to research their coaches. You know, if you want your kid, I'm right. not even saying if you if your kid wants what your kid wants, you know, to be I'll great you, or be I'll good you, or have a good time. You know, I'll tell you one thing. There, there's a lot of, 
and and I'll tell you, this will be my my last little hit on this, and then we'll move on to my local sports blog. But there are a lot of great AAU programs. There are a lot of great travel team programs. There are a lot of great club programs. What whatever sport you're playing, there are a lot of great programs out there. And I agree with you one thousand percent. Do your research first. Don't just go to the first team that that pops up. Yeah, with don't that go being, to. With yeah, that being go, said, go ahead. I was gonna say with that, like, don't get stuck with this club's great. Right. You know because with it, with like that I, being it said, might be, mm-hmm. with that being said, there there are some great club teams out there. There are some great AAU programs out there. But the number two factor, so number one factor has to be, are they are they a, an, an elite program? Number two factor has to be what kind of chemistry your child has with that coach. And I will tell you number, this. I think number one or two should be, does your kid have fun? So when you're watching that no. coach coach, well, are those kids like, having fun, or are they getting like a, are they getting abused, verbally abused? Because that happens. Like a I lot. said, my my three points to coaching are th- these are the three things that we're going to achieve. You're going to get exposure, you're going to get better, and you're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things. Those are the the three pillars of of my program. And if you're not doing one of those three things. Let me know, and I'll either I'll I'll do one of two things. I'll either I'll, I'll figure out what it is that that's causing you to not have fun, or we'll move on. Like mm-hmm. like if you if you're not enjoying playing for me, and, and we don't have good chemistry, this isn't a good fit for you. And I tell my kids that every single week, every single game, and I don't know if this is a a bad thing for me or, you know, some people may look down upon me for this, but I let my kids – now, granted, I have separate social medias for, for different things, but I let my kids follow me on social media. And yeah. With it, and they they uh, they ask me. You know, I don't go out and say, hey, man, what's your uh, what's your Snapchat handle? Like these mm-hmm. these kids will they have my phone number and it pops up and, and they'll request to follow me on Snapchat or whatever. So I have and, a question I'll say, for you. Yeah, go ahead. I, with the social media aspect, because right. you know you saying you're coaching freshmen for the most part in AAU, like the freshman age group. Right. Is that what you, is that right? Am I correct in that? Well, statement? well, they're sophomores now. They're sophomores getting ready to be juniors now. But yeah, my first right. year I had fre- I had freshman getting ready to be sophomore. All right. So my my question with that is, do you teach them about social media? Do I do what now? Eight cut out. Do you? No, I'm sorry. Do you teach them about social media? Oh, and absolutely. about the impact. So and about okay. the impact so, they can have. So here's the thing, with my kids, when my AAU kids, because I never did this with my high school kids. But my AAU kids, I told them from day one, listen, 
I'm going to get your name out there. The only way I can do that is via social media. So what I need you to do is if you already have a social media, set it to private, create a new social media, and set it to public, and let that one be your social media for basketball-related stuff. And I told them, I said, I'm your coach. And I said, I'm not going to lie to you. I've got a personal social media, and I've got a sports-related social media. And you best believe. But I told, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I told them, I said, you best believe you will never see my personal social media. But you will see me promote you and your game and our our team via social media on on Twitter and on Facebook. And I, I told them, I said, listen, if you want to see what I'm doing in my personal life, you can add me on Snapchat if you find me. And, and, I'll, and I try my best to keep my Snapchat um, G-rated, if yeah. you would. Like, it's, it's a lot of what my kids are doing. Oh, and, I understand. And, and, and I tell you what, the biggest return I get from my kids is they, they love seeing my personal life. They love seeing, you know, Noah and, and what we do in behind the scenes of Coach Bechtel, you know. Mm-hmm. They they love seeing that and they they see that and they'll comment on it to me and and they'll say stuff and they know more about my personal life because of that. And I'll tell you what, out of twelve kids on my team, I'd say nine of them follow me on Twitter and that's because three of them uh, are foreign, and I'm not sure they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just because I know through through what I do and so like that and like uh, these colleges, they straight hmm. up will now will ask right for your username oh, and yeah. password to your social right. media account. Yeah, and and, and if and, not, and they I, have hackers. They have hackers that have the ability. Then we'll get into them to look at them. And right. if you're like, and, you know, and and they'll look even if you have, like you were saying, you have the two different ones. Right, and, and I you tell know? them, I, I have, I, and, and I know what you were saying earlier. Do you coach them on that? And I tell them, don't put your first and last name attached to anything, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, even your your public profile, like, make it something to where it's either your first or your last name to where I can tell it, but don't ever put your first and last name attached to anything because, um, like, I I will promote you in a way that is good for you. You see my FB name. Right, right. You know, it's my first name and not my last name. Right, and I know you see my uh, you you see my Facebook page that I post you know a lot of the stuff from sports and more. It's yeah a it's a nickname. It's a nickname. I think you and I have been on the phone for a minute, like a long time. I'll just say it was about an hour and a half since I've been on. (laughs) Hey, hey, we're talking good shit. 
Hey, listen to this, Perk. We we started the show. We were probably about we four or five minutes into the show. We were about four or five minutes into the show, and all of a sudden I was like, hey, shit, RP3, I think I forgot to record it. I was like, do you remember uh, hearing the little <laughs> the little lady say we were recording? He's like, no. <laughs> And we, had and we, had, we had some good stuff there, man. Like, we were good. We were on a, we were on a Floyd stuff, you know. I mean, we had had some good stuff. And I had to, I had to remember it. I was going to say, you had to rethink it all? Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, man. You know, like, I think we talked about this earlier when we were off mic. <laughs> Well, seeing it was just he and I, and we were running through the the three point rundown, and I was like, "Do you think we got enough stuff to talk about this?" And like, we would both start talking about it for like ten minutes. I'm like, "I think we're good. We could probably have that." Mm-hmm. We're like, "Oh shit, we'll talk about this on air." And then I never did hit record. <laughs> yeah, but we hit record this time. I just heard her. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't fucking know what we were talking about. Uh, we. It's it's a new point we talked about. Getting ready to hit the rundown or yeah, the all right. blog, My local sports blog. Yep. All right, June 14th, local sports blog with T-Bag. In an article on Bleacher Report ranking the top 10 wide receiver cores in college football this season, IU was ranked number 8. If that doesn't make you a little excited, there's more. Simeon Cobb's junior towers in at, at 6'4", 220 pounds, and is a huge target for first-year offensive coordinator Mike DeBoard. And he's a big factor in the dynamic receiving core. He posted 1,035 yards on 60 catches in 2015 before missing all of last year with an ankle injury. A healthy, dominating receiver is what we need. The question that remains is, what can Lego do? At 6'6", 240, he has the size to be relevant. And if the board can get him to be deficient and effective, and his off- this offensive crew can be top eight caliber, here's the hoping they don't let us down, and these wide receivers can make Lego look better than he actually is. And that's the local sports blog with T-Bag. So, yeah. those of you that... Uh, those of you that follow IU football and, and you know, granted, let's throw the fact that Lego was downright bad last year. Simeon Cobbs is, he's an NFL wide receiver, in my opinion. Do you guys agree with that? Yes. Let's get on board with that. Okay. I mean, he, he's not going to be a number one. No, 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 no. But he's going to be, no. he's going to be right. a good number two or three. He will get play Sundays. <clears throat> or if so, not play, if not Simeon, play 
um, special teams. <laughs> or on Mondays so, or Thursdays. Yeah, he'll play Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. <laughs> and sometimes very early Sunday morning. Uh, that's oh, a Jacksonville I'm, reference. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jacksonville well, in London. Receiver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think Jacksonville's taking wide receiver. They got a pretty badass wide receiver for it. But I think he's going to be a very, a very dominant portion of the offense this year. Now, we know that Lego struggled last year. In the fourth quarter. Well, he struggled last year. We'll just go ahead and leave it at that. But Lego was missing his, his number one receiver for IU. So, you throw in Simeon Cobbs mixed in with some of those other core wide receivers. Uh, I can't think of the names off the top of my head. Um, Richard, I'm not even going to attempt to try. But some of those guys that actually were stepping up a little bit last year, you throw them in with your number one guy and – you know, a decent offensive coordinator that maybe, maybe can get Lego on on par. I don't know, man. I, I kind of get excited thinking about football for IU. Because It'd be Tom, nice Allen to get has, excited about him. Tom Allen has 100% handed over offensive coordinating to DeBold. Like, he said, listen, this is your baby. Like, you're the head offensive coach. He said, if this is your baby, if we fuck up, it's on you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that shit on me. If anybody getting fired, it's your ass because you're in charge of that offense. But a 6'4", 220-pound receiver, that's a a a pretty big target that you've been missing. You know, that's something that that's something that the Colts don't have. You know, and the True. You know you know, the Colts that's one of my big problems with the Colts and Grigson was he kept trying to get the T. Y. Hiltons and like but you need a guy that goes across the middle. I think that's why they yeah. brought in Andre Johnson for that big body and he didn't do shit. But he right. was he was he was he was too old, man, at the time. He was too scared to exactly. go If you got him two years earlier, maybe. But um, you just back when he was tearing up random. the Colts. It just tells you, you what a dumb general manager Ryan Grigson was. You know, you didn't have the Brandon Marshall or the, you know that big, just that big guy. And, you know, Des Bryant does it too. You know, I'll tell you um, what. One of my favorite players to go across the middle. Um. Oh shit! I had it, and it just Perk. Who did I tell you to get Stokely? He who? was never a big guy. Brain and Stokely, but he would go across the middle and he would take a hit. But that's different. That's different than what I'm talking about. As your, (laughs) that's why it's not the league anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, you have Julian Edelman that does it. You had um, what was that uh, cat that played out in Denver and in New England that played it for a while? Um, Well, no, I'm talking. Yeah, Wes Walker. but I'm talking to that that just that big possession receiver. Whether he's running a ten yard out, or he's running across the middle, or he's doing he's just big and physical, and you can just kind of throw it up to him. 
and he's going to get it. Like we a don't Randy have Moss. A guy like that. Yep. Like a like a Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Brandon Marshall. You know, like the big guys that just, they Bryant. just go get the ball. Des Bryant. They just go get the ball, um, and because they're just a little bit bigger and a little bit better. Because you know, don't get me wrong. You know, defensive backs are awesome, but there's a reason they're a defensive back. It's because they're not good enough to be a wide receiver. And um, so, you know, your wide receivers are always going to be a little bit better than your defensive backs. But, uh, you know, you can't have a bunch of six-foot guys that run, you know, a really, really fast 40 and not have a guy that can just go, it's my ball, (laughs) you know. And that's one thing that we've been missing on the Colts for a long time. Like, Reggie Wayne kind of filled that for a little while when Marvin was on the other side. But he was still never really just a big dude. But he had that reach. That's what we use our tight ends for, though. Yeah, but anymore, you got your tight ends for that. I mean, look at New England. I mean, I hate New England. They got to figure it out. You know, and this year they're going to be they're going to be a, they're going to be pretty good with getting an old boy from New or from New Orleans, the fast kid from New Orleans. Yeah, um, he's yeah. tough. They're, they got him right now. I tell you I what, though, Brady in everything Brady does will always have an out in Gronk because Gronk can get open no matter what. But you know, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry to say it. And I mean, in the fact that I'm a Colts fan, but Gronk is my favorite player in the NFL. Oh, he's a he's a beast, man. He's a beast, and he's just he's just a fucking dumb jock. He don't get in trouble. He gets in trouble for having fun. You know, he's just a he's just a jock having a good time playing a fucking game. And no, I, I I agree with you 100%. I love Gronk. I hate New England. I hate everything about New England. I love Gronk. But Gronk is awesome. And the fact that he went out and did wrestling this year, right after the <laughs> <laughs> injury. That was awesome. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I, like you said, I love everything about him. He, he flies in to go to the Kentucky Derby, gets shit-faced wasted, and does like you said, doesn't do anything wrong. Just is a goofy idiot, and yeah, the media the, covers it. He's the guy in high school that was really good at sports, but was and dumb everybody at loved. But everybody, everybody loved. And then, unlike most of them, he had at least had the grades to get into college. Right, and he just continued on that way. Where most of the guys that were like the best football players or whatever at your high school or whatever, they were just too dumb to get into college. Like a couple of my buddies were well, big enough, strong enough, fast enough, and good enough football players to get in the NFL or to get in the NCAA. But they, they couldn't pass the... SATs. They couldn't pass SATs right. or ACTs. They, you know, they couldn't even pass the entrance exam to the to get in the military. I'm like, dude, like, like that shit's easy. Like, the military exam's really easy. But, like, and so is the SATs and ACs. They're not hard. 
Like I'm, I'm working with a kid right now. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine's son, and he's a he's six seven. He's a white kid. He's six seven, three hundred and forty pounds, and he's sixteen years old. Wow. I mean, dude. and and he's just and he and he just he just got second state in weightlifting in his weight class. You know, because down here we have a weightlifting thing. I don't know if we have if you guys have that up in Indiana anymore or if they because they didn't have it when I was a kid. But uh, they have a weightlifting thing, and it's and it's broke down by weight, you know, weight classes and stuff like that. You know, so like he's not, I mean, and he's lost a hundred pounds since he was like fourteen. I mean, the kid's just big, and uh, you know, so I talked to, you know, I know his coaches and stuff like that, and we, you know, we do some, we do some stuff, you know, about making him get a little cardiovascular and they make it, you know, but the strength stuff he's got. And uh, uh, my buddy's a, uh offensive line coach, so he's working with him on his um, hand placement and foot placement and shit like that. But the, the school the kid plays that, he's playing nose tackle and he's playing left tackle. You know, and he's doing it as a freshman and doing a fucking damn good job at it. You know, it's just—I don't know where that went to, but anyways. <laughs> Speaking of hand placement and uh, and all that, have I know RP3? I know you've kind of criticized us for being on uh, Snapchat, but does anybody <laughs> follow uh, the Colts on Snapchat? It's the first time he's criticized us. Oh, right. no. Oh. You don't know. You just don't, you don't know. know. <laughs> you just don't understand. You don't understand. So you just don't understand. The, the, I, Colts I been, understand. the Colts have been uh, putting out Snapchats of some of their workouts and some of the hand speed and, and the drills that they're going through. Oh, man. These guys just look – they look ready. <clears throat> I know this is another topic. To this is another topic, but I'm really excited about the Colts this year. Um, it's their first year with Andrew Luck. Even if Andrew Luck's three pounds under playing weight, yeah, but he's <laughs> yeah. not even ready yet. That's the thing. But but that's worrisome. It's first, it's the first year that they've got a line in front of him that have played like six or seven games together. And are coming back right. together. They were playing, you know. I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this hooker, dude. Yeah, I'm really excited about him playing on top of uh, Vontae Davis. On the opposite side of him, you know. And uh, right. I'm excited about they. They brought in 13 linebackers to fight for starting. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, right? I'm excited I, about I, this. I, I, yeah, like, prove to me who's the best of the best. And I 100% agree with you on that. But here, here's another point about Hooker. Hooker is going to be a guy that comes in right away, and he's like, listen, boys, I'm younger, I'm faster, I'm stronger, and 
I think it's going to challenge some of these older guys to get better mm-hmm. because they're not going to, they're not going to want some rookie to come in there and be the all star takeover that that spot. And, 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 and the fact that he's only played football for three years. Right. And I think he's got a lot to prove to himself, to the NFL, to the Colts, everybody. And I think it's going to be phenomenal to see him out there this year. And, he's going, and he reminds and me not a only, lot. Uh, training uh, camp all the way up into the beginning of the season. And he reminds me a going lot, forward. even though they're playing different positions, of probably, in my opinion, the next greatest cornerback in the NFL is down here in Jacksonville, and Jalen Ramsey. Um, Never heard of I don't him. know. Yeah? Well, you'll hear about him this year. <laughs> Last year he was really good, but he was he was really good because of his athleticism. Um, he was able to cover. He always covered the number one receiver with every game. And, you know, and I'm, I'm putting out a, a Jacksonville Jaguars thing, and I'm sorry, but I'm just saying this kid's probably one of my favorite guys watching, and I think he's going to be great for ten years. Is is Jalen Ramsey, and he last year. He was covering the number one receivers every game as a rookie. And he's, he did very, 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 very well. But you could tell by watching him, he was doing an all-off athletic ability. Because, you know, like coming out of, coming out of the NCAA, you, you ain't seen that every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? But right. You, you, you need a lot of coaching. You know, and uh, towards the end of the season – all of a sudden now, he's starting to realize, you know, and the coaching and the players that he's playing against. And he started getting his interceptions. And he's going to be good next year. And I'm telling you, watch out for him. But Jalen Ramsey is going to be really good, and he's, you know, because now he's starting to learn the game. He's like, because now he's realized, I got by with my athletic ability. And I started learning. And now he's learning how, he's like, okay, this speed's real. And this power is real. And, you know what I'm saying? And the speed of the ball is real. It ain't like it is in the ACC. Uh, but he's going to be really good. But with Malik Hooker, even though Ramsey plays cornerback, Hooker plays safety, is going to play safety, kind of reminds me, it, it's almost the same thing. He's got that same athletic ability, that same ball hawking ability but not the experience. And I'm excited to watch some Malik Hooker play, especially, you know, like I'm saying, with, you know, with Bate on the one side. And, uh, I'm, the only thing I'm really worried about is actually being able to get to the quarterback on the, on the he, defensive line. I think, I think that's the least of our worries is getting to the quarterback. Because if you've got that type of backfield, where are they going to throw it? Yeah, but you can only you can only cover that for so long because those wide receivers, like I said, they're those quarters. wide receivers, there's a reason why they're a wide receiver and you're a defensive back. It's because they're better than you. True. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if a you have why. that, if you have that ever presence, like 
the dudes covering like it's very easy for backs to cover two, three receivers in an area because they can anticipate and look they're, where the they're going to they're going to they're going to have to play the cover two because they don't have enough line. Well, we've um, always played the cover two. Well, we haven't been with Chuck too much. Well, Chuck okay, you're right. You're Chuck, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Chuck I agree put, with you. Chuck puts I know Chuck put Vontae out there and um the other two guys a lot. I'm, I'm beautiful. Okay. Um, but you know, but he's a more of a. I'm going to take my one and twos, and they're going to be on an island a lot of the times because you know I had a mattress. You know, now we don't have a mattress. We don't have a right. We don't have we don't have anybody. You know, one of the biggest busts old boy ever did uh, of um. What was his name? Ryan Grigson. Greg the Bjorn Bjorn Warner, you know, like who nobody wanted him. There's a reason he fell to you, because nobody wanted him because he wasn't good. Right. You know, and it just it irritates me that we had to have those what, three or four years with with Grigson that is three or four years of Andrew Luck. Wasted. Wasted time. Wasted time with Andrew Luck, where Andrew Luck was good enough to win you a Super Bowl. He should have already had one by now. And now he's beat the fuck up. And you're almost. Because you never protected him. Yeah, you're almost to the point where he's. You got a year or two left with him before he turns into Derek Carr. Just afraid to stand back there. Yeah, if we don't do anything in the next couple of years, we might as well trade his ass. Exactly. I mean, he is, he is the, and in my opinion, he is the best raw quarterback in the NFL. But, I mean, he can only do so much. You yep. know, like last year, I, I nicknamed the Colts thing, the Indianapolis Lux, because that was the only professional football player on the team. Because everybody else was like, like what? What are we? You know, like on the offensive side, you know, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he's great. Got gotcha. But he's not. We need someone better. If you know, we don't I'm, have I'm, time to throw him the ball, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, if you don't have time to throw him the ball, you don't have another receiver to throw the ball to. And Moncrief is one of my favorite receivers on the Colts. He just can't he stay, stay healthy. healthy. Yep. Exactly. Right. He just can't stay healthy. I agree with that. Um. I think he has a lot of potential. Did you but, see where they cut Griffey? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it, but <laughs> I figured that was coming. I mean, he was an undrafted, so. Did, did you – were you honestly surprised? No. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. No, because we, like, we have so many wide receivers, I feel like, right now. Yeah, we got we got Philip Dorsett. We got – you know, Dante Moncrief, we got T.Y. Hilton, we got a couple I'm hoping Dorsett has a breakout year this year. But um, our problem is, is Dorsett's the same type of player as T.Y. Yep. Like well, you, you put need... him on opposite sides, though. You put him on opposite sides, you should be good. Yeah, but you need him to be able to do different things. Like, you can't send two wide receivers straight down the field, because that's what they're both good at. 
That's what their that's what their number one you, talent is. If you send right them both down the, down the if you send them both down the the field and then you send a guy that can actually do something across the middle, it's not a bad we deal. I think they like that though. But right, I'm who saying, have like, like tight end. Who we send across the middle? We let Kobe Fleener walk to New yep. Orleans. We let Dwayne um, Allen. We traded Dwayne Dwayne Allen. So I think letting Dwayne. Deal, I don't think that was either. I think getting word of him was probably one of the best things that we could have done. Yeah, but he had his chance to prove his year last year, and he didn't do it. Like last year was his contract year, but he but he still do shit. We had Jack Doyle who produced better than Dwayne Allen did. Yeah, and Jack Doyle, that's who our number one tight end is now. I mean, Kelly was our leading right. tight end last year, so it's not a bad. It's not a bad. It's not a bad guy to have in 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 the yeah, running. Yeah, but he's not. I mean, and we're not paying not, shit. That's the right. Well, actually, we just re-signed him. We had to re-sign him. But not him. He for much. We still ain't paying yeah. him shit though. So I'm saying you're going to pay Dwayne out a lot more than that. You're going to pay Jack Doyle. But look at Fleener. I think I think Dwayne Allen. I think Dwayne Allen last year. I think Dwayne Allen is going to fucking show us who he really was in New England. Everybody that goes to New England shows you who they really are because it's a system. Yeah. But, you know, Dwayne Allen's playing on the opposite side of Bronx, man. Fuck, dude. Dwayne Allen's going to see so many balls. He's going to see more balls than – never mind. <laughs> than, yeah. than Aaron Hernandez did while he was in jail. <laughs> that was a good one. Definitely not where I was going, but I like that. Same concept. Mhm. But uh, but I just I don't mean I'd much rather catch him and let him go to New England and send him somewhere else. Well, look what Reggie did. Like Reggie had... to New England. Who? He never made a team though. He quit. Who? He didn't. He did not make it. He just left. He got. Who, his, he got paid out? a little Who? bit, and he says, "See, I'm out." Who'd you say, Park? Reggie Wayne. Oh. Yeah, that was just Reggie Wayne trying to fill his career. Out, you know, but well, he he never played for anybody else, <laughs> right? Well, he went to New England, and he didn't never. He never played in a game, but they signed him. He never got yeah. a paycheck, though. Uh, he probably I'm sure, did. I'm sure he got a paycheck. He didn't show up there without a paycheck. Yeah. He got paid. He just retired. He said, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm out. He said, hey, New England, yep. thanks for beating me all those years. Give me one more give me a little say, money and then I'll get out of here. <laughs> maybe that was his way of saying, fuck you, New England. Like, I'm going to come. Exactly. You're going to no, pay think, me. And, New England didn't want I'm going to walk out. He was done, man. He was done. Hey, uh, Perk, did you hear that uh, U of E is going to play Duke next year? No shit. Yeah. And what? Basketball. Basketball? University of Evansville? Is it at at Duke? (laughs) No, it's at Cameron. That's what I said. Is it at Duke? Duke? It's at Cameron, indoor stadium, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did see where we were talking about a last week or so that the IU Duke game is at uh, IU. Yeah, be a fun game to be at. 
Yeah, so, oh, somebody man. shared that on Facebook and said, uh, this will be a tough road game. Well, no shit. Well, I will I say, it was, like, it doesn't matter who plays in Assembly Hall. You know, IU comes out for Assembly Hall. They're fans, they dude. Like, That's for sure. You know, and then... It's not necessarily the same all the time. But. Right. <laughs> Most of the time it is. Most of the time. I went to the IU-Michigan game this year at home, and we got our ass kicked. They played like dog shit. Thank you, Tom. That was a Big Ten game. It was embarrassing. But, you know, but I would have loved to have been at that North Carolina game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been fun. I'll tell you what, I bet uh, I bet come October, um, Hoosier Hysteria is a sellout crowd. Because oh, I guarantee it. I, I can't wait for the, another two or three years before I get back there to I, Indiana. I went to um, the first the the first year that Tom Crean was there, and it was fucking standing room only. So <clears throat> I went I went the two years prior to Tom Crean, and to two years prior it was. We were able to, B-Miles and I were able to wander in to the VIP section and sit behind the rim in the, in the student section of uh, Assembly Hall. The next year, we went and sat two rows behind the bench. And then the next year was Tom Crane's first year, and we couldn't get a seat in the place. Man, I tell you what, Tom Crean had a, like, when he got signed, it was a oh, media frenzy. Oh, I was frenzy. excited. I was excited. Perk, I know you were excited. Yeah. And we it, were all excited because it, un- it was the unknown. Yeah. And, and, and he, he had done a great job at Marquette. Like, don't, don't undercut yeah. what he did at Marquette. And I, I, he did know, a great job at Marquette. Like, he did great at Marquette, and he did a great job at getting us out of the slump that we were in as far as IU basketball. Man, I just think but Cody, getting if Cody us, would have stayed Well, yeah, year, if, 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 he got if, if, if Cody just stayed another year with Victor, with Yogi, I think it would have been, been different <laughs> Right. If Tom Crean knew how to substitute, it'd be a different story. You know, I mean, oh, like, there's all kinds of ifs. If Tom Crean knew how to teach defense, it'd be a different story. There's all kinds of ifs. But what we can say is Tom Crean did one hell of a job of getting us out of the slump that we were in and getting us back to being relevant. And out of the Kelvin Sampson slump. Right. And also... He also did one hell of a job of getting people excited about IU basketball. Like, no matter what you say negatively about Tom Crean, he did those two things well. He got us out of the hell that we were in and brought us back to being relevant. And he got people excited about IU basketball. 
Those are two great things that I can say about him. Now, you know, we could go on to talk about... Huh? So this is a sad night. Why is that? This is probably one of the last, this is probably one of the last nights I'll be able to be with you guys for a while. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start doing a Saturday show as long as I'm not traveling. And if I am traveling, we'll do it from the hotel. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be a Saturday show because I can't uh, get off in time. I, like, so I'll be on a Saturday shows. I'll be the guest yeah. the guest guy on Saturdays. Yeah, because you're, you're leaving Sunday, right? Yep. And I plan on going live from Sports and More Sunday from the track. So. Well, I, I probably will not be anywhere because I got to get on a plane at 5 o'clock in the well, morning you can, and I'll land. You can watch I'll land it. In, I'll land in Hawaii at, I think it is 12.35 Hawaii time, which is. 18, which is 6.35 in the p.m. Your guys' time. So, you might be, you'll at least be able to watch them on the Wi-Fi. On the plane? No, when you land. You'll be able to watch me. I plan on, okay. I plan on winning, I plan on winning tens of twenties of dollars. Tens of twenties of dollars? <laughs> Where are you doing this from? <laughs> Uh, I'm taking, I always take Dad and Tony to the track on Father's Day. Oh, that's right. And so, it, they'll be, they'll be, uh, it'll be, uh, all seven of us at the track. And I plan on going live at least a couple times from the track. You'll see, you'll see Cookie, and you'll see Noah, and you'll see Tony. We'll we'll be drinking, having a good time, Father today. I don't know who Tony is. That's my father in law. Yeah. But. If you uh if you watch the uh or no, you you were there, uh Facebook time or uh FaceTime, the uh, gender yep. reveal. You you heard me tell yep. him that I've only yep. had sex with his daughter twice. Yep. <laughs> That's why I tell my father in law I've only had I've only had sex with your daughter three times. I I'm one hundred percent sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's not because he doesn't want to. I'm a hundred percent sure my my father in law does not listen to this podcast. And I have hey, not even invited him. You guys can keep on. I'm gonna give you my final thought. Alright, we'll go All ahead right. and do hey, final thoughts. Hey, we got a people we got a people popping with perk. No, nope, five not more tonight. people. Okay. Not tonight. Not tonight, he says. I had a good right, ball Kurt. game, man. Hey, how'd y'all do? No, no, no. How'd we y'all do? Freaking, we freaking tied, man. They ended in a tie. What? What? Did everybody yeah, get a it was, trophy? It was, no, it's just our first game. <laughs> it was four to four. We were up four to one, and they scored three in like a fifth. And then it went scoreless after that. But my final thought is, man, as good as you were at kickball in sixth grade, you need to learn how to <laughs> kick it again because it's a whole different ball game than soccer. Do they use a bigger ball? 
Oh, it's a huge ass ball, man. Yeah, it's a whale on that thing. Like, and you kick thing. that thing, and it doesn't go anywhere. Right, and like I a hit, dodgeball. I, I hammered some. I mean, I straight up hammered these balls, and they didn't go anywhere. So well, you got to remember, you got to remember your core is a little different than it was then. No, no I no, hammered dude. it, dude. RP3, go and Google the adult-sized version of this kickball. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, like, it's like a medicine ball. It weighs like five pounds, man. <laughs> like, you're looking at it, and you're like, yeah, it's a big ball, but it's still going to go. And then you kick no. that thing, and it's like it's like and a it barely goes out of the outfield, or goes out. Yeah. Of the it gives it, it gives around it gives around your foot too, and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, like yeah. you hit the ball, and your leg goes backwards. We had practice, oh, better, man. and I was sore for two days afterwards. Like RP3, I kicked a medicine ball all day. I need you to I need you to go Google the adult size kickball. It's like I swear to God, it's like three times the size of the kickball and here's that the we thing, used in grade school. They've got these cones set up around home plate, and as long as the ball goes inside the cones, it's a strike. It can be curving. <clears> it can be bouncing. It can't bounce, like, above your knee, but it can be bouncing below your knee. So you have to adjust and try to figure out how the hell am I going to uh, this ball when it's bouncing like this and keep it on the, yeah, like, not popping it up. Adult I mean? kickball like, is no tough. joke. I, uh, I, I probably... The fielding portion of it was fine, but the kicking part was like, it's definitely an adjustment. Yeah. you got to figure out how I'll, to keep that damn thing on the ground. I'll say this. And you know, like, I'm a soccer player, and right. I hit some line drives that just still, like, it's got to be on the ground. You hit the ball on the ground anywhere on the infield on the left side, it's, 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 you, it's a base hit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're on, because they can't throw that big-ass ball over there in time. <laughs> I'll say this. One thing about my soccer career, I, I never was phenomenal at soccer, but I did have one hell of a tree trunk as a leg. And, Perk, you can contest for that because you used to wrap my shin guards. Yeah. But I could kick the hell out of the ball. And I think that's why I was I played soccer for so long. And I could line drive the ball. I could long ball. I could corner kicks were – I was great at corner kicks. But kicking an adult-sized kickball, you feel like an infant kicking a fucking It's a different ball. ball game, man. Yeah, the only reason yeah. I was ever good at soccer was just – I was just physically bigger than everybody. Yeah. The only and thing I ever time. had going for me was my tree trunk of a leg. Like, I could kick the ball. Like, goalies – would ask me to warm them up in pre-game because I could kick the ball so hard. That was about as much yeah. action as I got. Cause shoot, my <laughs> junior, my junior and senior year, man, I was I was six foot, one hundred and eighty pounds on a soccer field. Yeah. At that time, you know, in in ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, you know, I was a big dude on a soccer field. Right. Now I'm out here, and I coach. I coach these 16 year olds, and I'm the smallest kid. I'm the smallest person on the field. I'm like, what the hell is wrong? He's a man. Like, He's 40. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. hey, you gotta keep it. You guys gotta keep it a little clean and don't hit me. You know, because like I'll break something <laughs> before. You know, but yeah. You know. All right, All right but yeah. Next final thought. All right, RP3 final thought. Final thought, man, is uh, when you're moving to Hawaii, you have these guys coming in and uh, 
packing up your house and having a good time with it. You know, make sure your wife checks every place because uh, when she forgets one cabinet full of a bunch of stuff, she flips out and doesn't know what to do when I'm like, they're coming tomorrow to actually put the stuff in the truck. It'll be okay. They'll have stuff to pack it. But she don't understand it, and she keeps going crazy. That was a long time. So, so just, just remember when they come to pack your shit up, just fucking make sure you look all your Basically, shit. what he's trying to say is that when you're packing your shit up, make sure it's all packed up. That was a short Exactly. Movie. Exactly. Make sure <laughs> you right. pack up all your shit. Alright, here's my final thought. If your two-year-old son wants to go fly a kite on the hottest day of the year, let him run around the field trying to get the thing put up in the air instead of you. Because if not, <laughs> you may stroke out. That's my final thought. That happens a lot. That happened to me today. <laughs> Uh, I I thank my wife for not posting the video of me running around the field, but she did send it into our uh, my parents and her parents text What's group text, and uh, it 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 was rough. And and the sad thing is, is my son did a better job of getting tied up in the air than I did. Over his notes so, uh, there's my but final thought. More reason not to run. Right, there's more reason not to fly a kite. Fuck. Yeah, you might as well buy an RC car. Yeah, but my son, when you got a two-year-old dead set on on flying a kite, man, that's, <laughs> that's what you're doing. And, and, you can introduce him to it, you know, that's, that's what gets better. Well, I don't know where he got the idea, but this is the summer of Noah because... You know, next summer he's not going to be the only child. So, oh, pretty much every, everything my kid wants to do this summer, I'm doing. So I, another, I keep another telling him. Final thought. Go ahead. What's that? I, so I was done. Go ahead. When you're when you're when you're twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old kids, you know, are hanging out with a bunch of other friends, and they want to make a a a rocket, bottle rocket type thing with vinegar and baking soda. Right. You know, make sure there's an adult out there watching them <laughs> do this because uh, Dylan has the bottom of a two-liter bottle pretty much branded on his stomach. <laughs> from They threw the bottle up and he was like, ah, I'm not close. And that thing hit and he was close. And it, and it hit him at like fucking fifty miles an hour. <laughs> Dude, that thing that thing hit like Good thing exactly. he's got those rock hard abs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I told him that too, because like he didn't cry, he didn't do nothing, but he's got he's got no kidding on his on his stomach, right just to the right of your belly button. The bottom of a two-liter bottle. I've got one of those tubes from a kickball. <laughs> you know, and it's branded. And it's branded on it. We've had it. We're on Wednesday now, man, and that shit's still there. And yeah. he's like, and but he came out and he came over to me 
the funny thing about it was he can't be like, oh, dad, you know, and he showed it to me. I'm like, dude, I'm surprised you're not crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, took that, he took that to heart. <laughs> we we will uh, we'll allow this one time, but from here on out, you only get one final thought. <laughs> I just remember he was, he was making up for Hilly. Yeah, hey, Hilly yeah, usually was, has like four or five. five. <laughs> that was five okay. Five. Yeah, Hilly will, Hilly will go first and then get everybody's final thoughts, and he'll be like, "Hey, wait, and I got tell you another not to one." Talk. <laughs> and then tell you not to talk. Oh wait, wait, wait. before right. you answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, boys, let's uh, let's keep your uh, your tea bag full, your perk popping, and your RP3 in its lane. I don't even know what the fuck your thing is anymore. <laughs> I don't either. You yeah, don't know. Until, you don't I don't think it's officially happening. Yeah. You don't uh, understand. You, you don't yeah, understand. you just don't understand. Um, but until <laughs> next time, boys. We'll see. Keep your beer cold. Oh, yeah, and keep your beer cold. That's it. (laughs) I got you. That's two times. All right. It's not too too cold to shot. Right, right. Have a good one, guys.